93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday, October 4th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, police are investigating an alleged road rage incident that ended in a stabbing in northeast Philadelphia Wednesday night. Police said the incident began about 7 o'clock in the 300 block of Levick Street, where an off-duty officer witnessed the crime in progress. He saw a female get out of the vehicle, then open the door of a Chrysler 300 and began stabbing the female driver, uh, said Philadelphia Police <sighs> Chief Inspector Scott Small. Small said that the off-duty officer managed to wrestle a 10-inch butcher knife from the woman assailant, assailant, uh, but she then jumped in her car and drove off. The off-duty officer uh, called police with a description of the car and tag number. Other officers soon spotted the car, which they said uh, struck another vehicle as the woman tried to make her escape. When she finally uh, exited the vehicle, she had another knife in her hand, and police officers had to use a taser to get her to drop the knife. Police apprehended the female suspect at Somerdale and the Boulevard. Police said the 33 year old victim was stabbed in the face, shoulder and back as well as both hands. She's in stable condition at Einstein Medical Center. Police said when they searched the suspect's vehicle, they found a third knife. Officials said, Jeez. yeah, I know. The Are th- they sure that this was like straight up road rage and not something else where They're calling it road rage. Okay, um, maybe she knew her and or, yeah, what yeah, makes you think that? I I well, you know, knives. they always say like knives crime crime and passion. Uh I, I just I mean, that's really it, that's really, really intense for, for a road like rage. three in our car. Yeah, I know. She might be very passionate about traffic. Yeah. I watched I a uh, road rage incident happen. Two guys got out of their car right in front of the Metroplex over the weekend, and they were, I mean, like one, they, they just both looked like they wanted the other one to throw the first punch. They both had their face. I mean, I think their noses were touching. They were both big guys. One was a little bit shorter, but, you know, stocky, muscular. And I was like, oh, my God. And and I went into the Metroplex, quickly ran into a store, drove out. They were still fighting. And at that point, the cops had started to wow. show up. We all yeah. need to calm down, myself included. We just need to chill out and, like, just let it go. Like, it's funny. Be- Maybe because- climb a mountain. You know, like maybe climb a mountain, um, but you, myself included, here you kind of go from like zero to one hundred real quick, and you don't even, like. I sometimes I feel like somebody's being aggressive towards me, and they might not be. And then sometimes I feel like somebody might think I'm being aggressive towards them, and I'm not. I'm just simply passing you. You know what I mean? Like you're in the right lane. You're not going fast enough. And I'm trying to get over and go around you. And so people get like upset about little things. I'm myself included. I understand. Yeah, you mean like yeah. that time you called that woman the c word on Christmas? <laughs> she ran me off the road, Preston. <laughs> she like ran that. me. I know. I and, know. And, and I've Just talked relax. to I've talked to Nick about that. Simmer down uh, off the air. And like I I um I hate that. I hate that I said that. I hate. I, I apologize. I said, yeah. it, I said it incorrectly. You screamed "Merry Christmas," C word, right? And, but oh, that woman, oh that woman went from zero to one hundred. I know, I know. Real quick, she it's, ran me into oncoming traffic. We've all had experiences where people. It's difficult. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. difficult, and you you need to remind yourself. <laughs> and and I, I've told you guys before that I've, I've corrected my. It doesn't mean I still don't get angry from time to time, but I've learned to calm down. Yeah. Exactly. That person has has moved on. I, I will probably yeah. never see them again for the rest of my life. So yep. it's not worth go. it. Well, or get that, away from me. The c word I've seen like four or five times. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> the guy that I saw, you know, they one of the guys had an Eagles T-shirt on, and you know, it was it was Sunday. It was right before the game, and so as I was pulling out of the Metroplex, kickoff had already happened. And I'm like, this guy was going to do something, probably watch the game somewhere, and now because of something stupid that happened on the road, mm-hmm. you're now on the side of the road with yeah. another guy fighting, and cops are pulling up. Here's so a quick little. That's ex- how you're going to spend the Eagles game. Here's a quick little exercise you can use. It, the person that you were about to rage against, pretend like you actually know that person, right? Pretend that it's like a sister, a cousin, a neighbor, a friend, or whatever, and you won't be as pissed off. And I'm saying this because on Saturday, uh, two Saturdays ago, uh, I was leaving my son's soccer game, and there was a woman who was on the road who was trying to get into traffic. Now, this woman, Steve, okay, did not have her turn signal on, right. and so her brakes were on, off, on, off, and I, and so as a result, my I was driving, my brakes were on, off, on, off. I'm like, do I let this woman go? Like, I don't know what this woman's intentions are. She doesn't have her turn signal on, right? So eventually, I'm like, I I have to go. Yeah. So I go past this woman. And she is now looking and, like, cursing me out out the window. Right. And then she realizes that she knows me. And then, it's, and, and then she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Casey, yeah. you're still a dick. Right? No. <laughs> but she wasn't raging anymore. And I was, you know, like. So, so, and then that has happened to several people in my life. My little brother did it with a friend. He was about to rage against this guy on the Commodore Bridge. Passes the guy, realizes that it's, it's somebody we know from our childhood. And it's like, okay, you know what? I'm not pissed off anymore. So, that person that you're going to rage against, pretend that it's your mom. You know, and, and you're don't not, carry three knives and in your ca- car. Well, you know, you got to protect yourself, Kat. Officials said the suspect was uh, also taken to the hospital. The investigation into the incident is ongoing. Seven South Carolina law enforcement officers were shot Wednesday, one fatally in a confrontation mm. with a man who held children hostage as he fired at the officers, officials said. The suspect was taken into custody and the children weren't hurt after the two-hour standoff in an upscale neighborhood just outside of Florence, not far from the areas that were devastated by flooding from Hurricane Florence, authorities said. The man shot three three Florence County deputies from inside a home as they came to serve a warrant about four o'clock yesterday. Uh, The suspect then shot four Florence City police officers, one fatally, as officers from all around the area swarmed in to help. It's insane. Insane. A bulletproof vehicle had to be used to rescue the wounded officers as the man uh, held children hostage inside for two hours. Officials refused to say why they were serving a warrant. They also did not name him or the wounded officers, nor did they give the conditions for the wounded. Uh, However, the fallen officer was identified as 52-year-old Terrence Carraway of Darlington. He had just celebrated 30 years as a police officer. In 30 years. Yeah, so sad. Both the police chief and county sheriff had tears in their eyes as they spoke to reporters about two hours after the standoff ended. I want you to pray for the family who lost the bravest police officer I have ever known, the police chief said. A woman who set up a meeting on a dating app, Tinder, was sexually assaulted outside a Sheltonham Township apartment complex, police say. The incident happened 7.30 Monday on the 1900 block of Asbourne Avenue uh, Road and Linwood, at the, I'm sorry, at the Linwood Garden Apartments in Elkins Park. According to authorities, the 19-year-old victim made arrangements to meet someone using Tinder and was lured to a garage area. Once there, police say she was approached from behind by a man. Uh, they say he grabbed her and forced her into a secluded area where he sexually assaulted her and then fled on foot. Police say once the victim was certain the suspect left the area, she fled the scene and called the authorities. Lieutenant John Slavin of Sheltonham Township Police said that uh, they want to get the message out that people should be cautious with social media and meeting up with people they don't know. While there are security guards and patrol that, that patrol the area, residents say a lack of cameras and floodlights make the perimeter of the complex a potentially dangerous area, especially for a first meeting. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Sheltonham Township Police Detectives. 
And the police have issued a warning for anyone using platforms like Tinder to be cautious with meeting strangers and conducting online exchanges and to be aware of their surroundings. They encourage residents to meet in established safe zone internet exchange areas or their local police station when conducting internet business. In sports this morning... What are you all in about? What's going on? Well, I don't know. That channel got turned off, and I didn't hear my donkey or my dolphin at the end. No, none of my Siri Play stuff was firing. Oh. Okay, we'll just do oh, sports. that's weird. Do sports. Okay. Aaron Judge hit a two-run home run nine pitches into the game, and the Yankees beat up on the Oakland A's, winning 7-2 to two last night in the Bronx. New York will take a train to Boston for a best-of-five division series starting tomorrow night, a matchup of two teams who both had 100 wins during the regular season. Boston went 10-9 and against the Yankees this year and set a club record with a 108 wins, while the Yankees were the first team since the 2001 A's to reach triple digits in wins and fail to finish first. The National League Division Series begins tonight with the Colorado Rockies facing the Brewers in Milwaukee and the Atlanta Braves traveling to L.A. to play the Dodgers. The Flyers begin their season tonight with a game in Las Vegas against the defending Western Conference champs, the Vegas Golden Knights. The puck drops at 10 o'clock. Delisha Corden, the ex-girlfriend of Buffalo Bills running back and former Eagle LaShawn McCoy, claims McCoy physically abused her in a lawsuit filed in a Georgia court. Corden had not previously accused McCoy of physical abuse against her, but she said during a news conference that other women have contacted her with claims that McCoy physically abused them. In new claims added to her lawsuit originally filed in August, Corden alleges defendant McCoy became physically abusive to plaintiff during the 2017 offseason. And the Eagles are still the Super Bowl hey, and that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. I am looking at a full list of stuff we got to get to, and we need to break quickly so we can make sure we fit it all in. But I'm just going to give you a quick rundown. We have the birthday bucks coming up, another $1,000 to give away. We'll do that close to 8 o'clock. Guy Fieri will be on the show, and he is uh, promoting his new menu at Guy Fieri's Kitchen and Bar at Harris in Philadelphia. Nice. Uh, Tim Dalton, who's going to be at uh, Helium Comedy Club, is stopping by today. We also have uh, actor uh, Ike Barinholtz, who's been here before, back in the studio. And The Oath is the movie he's promoting, and that'll be in theaters on October 12th. And Casey, is it Moshe Kashner? Mm, Moshe? Moshe? Mo- Moshe Kashner, a guy we haven't had a chance to meet yes. yet. Fascinating story. Uh, he is going to be a punchline tonight, so we'll spend some time with him. We'll ask him officially to uh, pronounce his name. Yes. And uh, a few other things going on. So let's take a break. Come back in a second. Whatever we got to give away, we will give away today. This 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand program returns after a brief word from our sponsors. Do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven Singer Jewelers. You are guaranteed to get the perfect price every day. They make the experience of buying an engagement ring easy with no BS. Check him out at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. Hey, it's Preston. Listen, when I want to relax, you know that I go to Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spas. Whether you want a rejuvenating massage or a refreshing facial, Hand and Stone is the place to go. Introductory massage or facial start at just $59.95. Visit handandstone.com or one of their over 50 locations in the Delaware Valley. Restrictions apply. See spot for details. This is the Preston and Steve Show podcast. WMMR. Maybe you ought to know. 
Just found that after a long time of missing that clip. Little flashback. It's wonderful. All right, we're going to do a stupid question. We're going to give away a pair of tickets for the Museum of American Revolution, which is opening October 27th. And it is for the, or not the museum, but this event is the Museum Presents Hamilton Was Here Rising Up in revolutionary Philadelphia. So I'm going to give away those tickets to someone who can answer this question. How A haiku has how many syllables? Mm-hmm. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. How many syllables in a haiku? And I have a whole lot of birthdays to go through while we're waiting for your answer. Thursday, October 4th, it's Susan Sarandon's birthday today. She is 72 years old. Still um, an accomplished actress, a sexy woman. She was in that series, uh, Feud. Uh, where she played uh, Betty Davis about yep. the uh, the filming of uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. She mm-hmm. was great. She was awesome. Yeah, she was. 72 today. Uh, Anne Rice, the author, she is 77 years old. She's the creator of the Vampire Lestat. She left that uh, genre for a while, and now she's back. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, she decided okay. to go back to it. All right, interview with the Vampire, Queen of the Damned, just a few uh, on her uh, list of accomplishments. Uh, Melissa, do you pronounce her last name Benoist? I, yeah, I do. Uh, Supergirl? Yes. Okay. Uh, Melissa Benoist. She is uh, an adorable young lady. Uh, she's Benoist. She's from uh, Glee. She was from Glee, and then she went on to Supergirl. Yep. And, uh, you know, Kevin Smith is now directing a lot of episodes of Supergirl. Uh, she's 30 years old today. Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Fifty Shades gal. Uh, and daughter of uh, Melanie Griffith. And she and Dwayne Johnson. And Dwayne, no, not Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Don, Don Johnson. Don Johnson. Oh. Uh, also going to be in a remake of uh, Suspiria, which is coming out uh, next year. By the way, yes, and the the they are Ray. They pressed and they say it is like a, a sumptuous visual heart. Like the stuff, it's just an amazing cinematic experience. She happens to be exceptionally funny. She was on a short-lived sitcom, really, and she played. The, the, the self-deprecating female lead, and she was great. I'd love to see her do more comedy. She's 29 today. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook, uh, who was kind of an it girl for a while yes. there. Uh, she's all that. Josie and the Pussycats, and uh, I don't know what she does Frying pan girl. Uh, the, uh, you're, you're a brain on drugs. That's correct, yeah. yeah. She's 39 today. Alicia Silverstone as well celebrating a birthday today. Uh, lots of fun movies in her career. Clueless, uh, Blast from the Past. Uh, that's how she feeds her kids. Uh, well, she likes to chew up food and spit it into her children's mouths. Well, yeah, at least right. she did mm-hmm. for a stretch there. She's. 40. I guess when they're in college, that stops. Uh, Forty-two today. Armand Asante. Wow. Uh, and you know what, Steve? I was I was looking. He's been in. He's had a long career. Yeah. He goes back, you know, Private Benjamin. If you remember him and that, he was in the Hoffa um, striptease. American Gangster. I thought he was great. As excellent. But I was curious. I'm like, oh, really? You don't see him much. I pulled up his. He is a very busy working actor. Busy. He has got a gazillion things going on. In fact, like four in post-production, three on the way. Dude, that's uh, awesome. And he did a whole bunch of stuff this year and last year. I, did, it's, I guess he just takes all these small roles on and he just... It's the way to keep working. Working all the time. The first time I think I saw him was in a movie called... Uh, it was Stallone's uh, movie. It was a Paradise Alley. Okay. We, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, remember that? It, was, it wasn't that very... Yeah. It wasn't that good. He, was, he, was, he played Stallone's brother. What was that about? It was about there was this big like bare knuckle bruiser boxer. It took place in like the thirties or forties. I remember Stallone the name. Kind of like a okay. street kid. Wow. Uh, Armando Santi is sixty nine today. Liam Schreiber. Yep. Uh, love that guy. He's great. Uh, he is uh, fifty one years old today. It was just Naomi Watts' birthday a few days ago. Yeah. Oh that's, yeah. That's right. They're the, not together anymore. Not together and anymore. He was upset because they had a place in uh, Montauk. 
that uh, I was upset about it. You were upset. They sold it. Yeah. They sold the place, right? Yeah. The house went up for yeah. sale. Yeah. I wasn't upset. I just wished that I had that money to buy it. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, Russell Simmons, uh, co-founder of Def Jam Records and Fat Farm Clothing, of course. He's got a whole bunch of uh, Me Too stuff in his yeah. legal docket now. There are a number of women coming after him for... Sexual misconduct. He is uh, 61 today. And then uh, a guy considered to be one of the finest actors out there, Christoph Waltz. Great. That's a bingo. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he is 62. He is just, man, he is good. He's so compelling, like in Django. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he's, you, you, when he's on screen, he commands your attention. He absolutely does. And I'm curious as to what he did before we saw him, you know, through uh, uh, through uh, Quentin Tarantino. I mean, he's 62 years old. He's been a longtime actor. He actually, in his earlier days, made money as a bingo player. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, you said there was yeah. such conviction. I'm like, he's the guy <laughs> yeah, that's... that would stand up and yeah. say... <laughs> That's a bingo. I guess he's, uh, he mainly acted in Europe. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but, uh, wow. He's, he's, and he has one of those great situations where he falls in the favor of a top-level director like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And uh, and now, you know, because that happens, other actors are like, yeah, I, I want I want on board. And he can play this evil character, or he can play in Django. He's a good guy. He is know? a good guy, yeah. And, uh, and you really like him a lot. So. And then in uh, Horrible Bosses 2... Is he in there? He seems like a good guy. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's not. Call it's dad. Yeah, um, Chris Pine. Chris right. Pine's dad. All right, uh, anyhow, those are the birthdays today. Let's see if we can get an answer to a stupid question. How many syllables are in a haiku? And I will go to, let's go to Mary-Kate. Hi, Mary-Kate. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, Mary-Kate. Wow, you're awfully chipper. I love that. 647 a.m. No, That's I've wonderful. I've never been on the radio. Oh, right. welcome. Uh, do me a favor. Tell me how many syllables are in a haiku, please. Is it 17? It is 17. <laughs> You're right. Congratulations, Mary-Kate. Your first time on the radio gets you something for free. We got a prize. Hang on the line. I'm going to give you a pair of tickets for the Museum of American Revolution. Opening October 27th, the museum presents Hamilton Was Here, Rising Up in Revolutionary Philadelphia. A limited-run interactive experience tracing Hamilton's rise in the Philadelphia region. And if you want tickets, you visit amrevmuseum.org. Let's get right into it. Sarah Gilbert, John Goodman, and Lori Metcalf are speaking out for the first time together about the abrupt cancellation of ABC's Roseanne and the fresh start that they are getting on The Connors. Uh, they all agreed that they were simply not ready to close up shop because of uh, Roseanne Barr's actions. They had just started. Yeah. Uh, Goodman says uh, there was this feeling of not wanting it to go away until we were ready. He tells People Magazine there was a debt owed to this fictional family. We wanted to finish telling this story. Metcalf recalls that she immediately wondered if the show was canceled once she heard about the infamous tweet uh, that uh, Roseanne Barr had sent out. She said, I first thought, oh, I wonder if we'll still have a show uh, because of how heavy everything became. Gilbert says, uh, Sarah Gilbert says that uh, she is hopeful that they can work through some of the trauma from the incident via the storyline itself. Uh, she said, any sadness that we feel over what we've lost, we're hopefully channeling in an honest way into the show. I mean, uh, there's, there's no doubt that obviously Roseanne is, was the main reason that people watch the show initially. But that's an accomplished yeah. cast of actors. Yeah. I think, as I think about this and the the, the the reboot that's happening, and I think it's premiering next week, um, they they should just have her in the bathroom all the time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be like, great. Wouldn't that be great? Forever, that's she's where she always is. in the bathroom. That's, really that's a good idea. Yeah. You have idea. to imagine she has a horrible... 
bowel system, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't kill her off. Just, Just put leave her, her in the, the bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. Didn't they do that with like Chrissy um, in um, Three's Company? She was, she was in. It was in the bathroom, but she was away. She, she was, was on the phone. phone. Yeah, 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 she was always on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she had said, and our show has always been able to deal with heavy topics, particularly for a sitcom. It's been kind of built into the mix. ABC also shared a first look at the bar-free spinoff from the glimpse viewers get. The family is. Making holiday plans and a voiceover teases. There's one thing on everyone's mind, and then uh, Jackie, of course, uh, Metcalf says, "Oh, not Jackie." Okay. There's no place for the corn holders. That's the punchline. No place for the cornhole. Uh, the Connors debuts October 16th on ABC. Uh, there will be no straight washing in Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. And an interview with Empire Magazine director David Yates clarified moments that uh, comments that he made that Jude Law's version of the character uh, would not be explicitly gay. He's talking about uh, Dumbledore. Yes. Uh, author J.K. Rowling, of course, famously confirmed that Hogwarts headmaster is that the Hogwarts headmaster is gay in 2007. Uh, and Yates told Empire in that earlier interview, "I didn't say Dumbledore's not gay. He is. This part of this huge narrative." Uh, that Joe is creating, I guess that's what the director, yeah, or yeah, no, they call her they call J.K. Her Rowling. Oh, oh, oh that's yeah. what they call her. Really, that I didn't Joe know that. Is yeah. creating doesn't focus on his sexuality, but we're not airbrushing or hiding it. The story of the romantic relationship isn't there in its particular in this particular movie, but it's clear in what you see that yes, he's well, gay. When yeah, Dumbledore no. makes his first appearance, Nick, I think you know this. It's it's too. I'm too sexy for my wand, and he comes out. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, really? and uh, it's you know they're not trying to soft pedal it. He's yeah. got a mesh robe on. Yeah, and, mesh robe. Yeah. And I'm too sexy for my wand. No, he has a. Uh, Sexy for my wand. Too sexy for my wand. He has a relationship with Grindelwald at some point. Oh, really? And we don't know how uh, that ends or why that ends, but um, then they become mortal enemies. Okay, who's great? In the John, movie. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, okay. That's did you criminal. see the uh, first one, The Fantastic I did. Beast? Yeah, so... Um, I did not like it that much. It's it kind of bored me a little bit. It's a setup movie. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think this one's going to be better than that one. I liked it, uh, okay. but I wasn't blown away by it, And uh, but I think this one, I, just from the looks of the trailers, I think this one's going to be a lot more action-packed, so and it really sets up the, the battle between Grindelwald and Dumbledore. I liked it on the second viewing a lot more. Yeah. Once I was prepared for Eddie Redmayne's very... <laughs> right, 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 right. What are you saying? Right. <laughs> Spit it out! A uh, couple of scenes we shot are very sensual moments of him and the young Grindelwald, David Yates said, so we have that to look Hot forward to. porn. Uh, until Gwyneth Paltrow fell for Brad Falchuk, she didn't think she'd marry again. She and her first husband, Chris Martin, share two children and famously consciously uncoupled blah, blah, blah. Uh, this past week on the 46-year-old Oscar... Well, we don't need to go down. No, we don't. And, and, in fact, we appreciate every blah you put there. Thank you. The This past weekend, uh, the 46-year-old Oscar winner married American Horror Story co-creator Falchuk in an intimate wedding at their home in the Hamptons. She said, speaking to Marie Claire UK... I think the marriage is a really beautiful, noble, and worthwhile institution, pursuit, and endeavor. Because, Shut up, dummy. Because, <laughs> because I don't think you get married, and that's it. I think it's the beginning. You create this third entity, the, this third being that you have to nourish and look after. She didn't just invent marriage. It's been around for a while. We got it. She said, for a while, I thought, uh, I don't know if I'd ever do it again. I have my kids. What's the point? But then... 
Uh, and she said, and then I met this incredible man who made me think, no, this person is worth making this commitment to. And as it turns out, she says, I'm very much the marrying kind. I love making a home. You know, the litmus test is if George Clooney gets married, there's always hope for marriage. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the reaction on social media to episode eight of the Star Wars saga was notoriously bad, but according to a new academic paper conducted at the University of Southern California, The Last Jedi was getting blasted by bots, trolls, sock puppets, or political activists using the debate to propagate political messages supporting extreme right-wing causes and the discrimination of gender, race, or sexuality. A number of these users appear to be Russian trolls. Russian trolls looking to agitate things up, but the thing that really caught my ear? Sock puppets. Sock puppets. Those bastards with their googly eyes. The campaign was part of a widespread attempt to subvert the political process, the study argues. Uh, the likely objective of these measures is to increase media coverage of the fandom conflict, thereby adding to and further propagating a narrative of widespread discord and dysfunction in American society. Uh, more than 50% of negative posts online came from bots, they're saying, from this study that was done. The reaction was so bad, some Star Wars actors like Kelly Marie Tran quit social media over the harassment. You know how you can fight this? Have your own opinion. Uh, the last, the last Jedi's director. Yeah, but now it's all a debate. It's crazy. On, it's all crazy. Yes. Uh, the the last Jedi's director, Ryan Johnson, tweeted the study, writing, uh, "What the top line describes is consistent with my experience online." And just to be totally clear, uh, this is not about fans liking or not liking the movie. I've had tons of great talks with fans online and off who liked and disliked stuff. That's what fandom is all about. This is specifically about. A uh, virulent strain of online harassment. I, I liked the last Jedi. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it actually liked it. less the second time I saw it. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Just because I saw some ink, doesn't mean I don't like it. Inconsistencies. I'm like, yeah. why did they do this? Yeah. And what about that guy who who we thought was going to be the real bad baddie who gets taken out pretty quickly? Uh, I only watched it once. Yeah. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it so. Uh, Kim Kardashian knows why her daughter looks like her, but it's not what you think. She says that she and eight-month-old Shy, which is short for Chicago. Ooh, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, yeah, when you when you right. go to Chicago, they call Chi-Town. it Chi-Town. It's called Chi-Town, yeah. Chicago! She says that she and eight-month-old Shy look alike because God decreed it. Oh. Uh, she said, I think... You it- shall look alike. I'm done here. Uh, she said, I... Now to work on Rob. Uh, she said, I think I was so nervous to have a surrogate and to have that connection that God was like, uh, I'm going to make you look just, I'm going to make her look just like you. I'm going to give you some commandments, like, and I would like you to follow them and deliver them unto the children of Israel. <laughs> like. Like, and don't screw this up. Uh, so she revealed <laughs> this. Or like, I'll be upset. And then I'll deliver unto you my son. <laughs> and, uh, like, he's going to be amazeballs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> She's saying it was decreed by God. Well, there we go. Well, Someone's not full of themselves. Uh, she also addressed the blowback that she got after announcing on social media that uh, she weighed 119 pounds. Uh, she said, I, I 100% completely understand where people would be coming from that felt that way. My intention is never to offend anyone, and I really apologize if I offended anyone. Is that her legitimate weight? So here's the deal. So Kendall had said in one clip posted on Kim's Instagram stories back in August, you look so skinny. I'm really concerned. I don't think you're eating. Why don't they call each other up? 
And then Chloe, <laughs> Chloe right? said, I've what? never... She said, I've never seen a human being look so good. It's like you're a walking Facetune doll. And she added that her sister looked anorexic. Mm, that's uh, good okay. stuff. What? I don't... Yeah. So, so wait a minute. Hang the... on. She says she looks... She's never seen a human being look so good, and she added that she looks anorexic. anorexic. Wow. Wait, man. Is, that's <laughs> the same person who said that? Or the... yeah. yeah, Chloe. Yeah, Chloe. Oh, wow. This is Chloe saying this. You know, she's the, she's the, uh, the star of Revenge Body. That's her her series. You look so great. You look anorexic. You look yeah, emaciated. That's, that's you look right. like a Holocaust no, no, survivor. No, no. Uh, Kendall was the one who said she looked anorexic. Uh, it says here, Chloe Kardashian added, noting noting that oh, okay. her sister looked anorexic. Huh. All right. Sorry. So, what what do you need? No, 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 no. I just I thought maybe she was getting conflicting. You no, <laughs> listen. I just thought she was getting conflicting reports from her sisters. I was wrong. I apologize. Okay. Uh, social media users and celebs were horrified. Uh, Stephanie Beatriz and Emmy Rossum were among those who reacted, saying the comments could trigger eating disorders. Uh, and uh, she revealed, I guess, I don't know, it says she revealed, I don't know who this is referring to, said, I know people that have serious eating disorders that I've been that have been in and out of the hospital for 15 years, close people. So I assume this is Kim saying this. Yeah. So I've been through, I've experienced it enough to have known better. So she's apologizing. I believe Kim's uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. I don't even have, wasn't one of the family members uh, battling an eating disorder at one point? Possibly. Not Rob, certainly. Mm. Uh, How about this? Uh, Kate Hudson announced that she and her partner, Danny Fujikawa, welcomed their first child. Yeah! A girl named Ronnie. It's it's spelled R A N I, but it's pronounced Ronnie. Ronnie Kathy. Rose. Ronnie Rose Hudson Fujikawa. Ronnie Rose Hudson Fujikawa. Correct. And uh, this was on Tuesday. She said, "We have decided to name our daughter Ronnie after her grandfather, Ron Fujikawa." Ron was the most special man who we all miss dearly. Uh, to name her after him <laughs> is an honor. And Hudson wrote in their announcement post, which was captioned uh, simply, she's here. So, no Ronnie from you, Kathy? Oh, I, you know what? I, I was wondering why Steve said Kathy. <laughs> I'm very cryptic. Got it. Got it. Just yeah. like a Ronnie say. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> well... It's okay. That's okay. Uh, how often does Tom Cruise see Surrey? If you're Never! Cur- if you're curious, he's permitted per his custody agreement with his ex, Katie Holmes, to see his daughter up to 10 days a month. But a source tells Us Weekly he hasn't seen his 12-year-old in years. Oh, That's wow. As we suspected. That's what we've been thinking, yes. Yeah. And we think that, that the large portion of that is due to uh, Scientology. It's got to be. It has to be. Because they do so much detachment in that... If you, Religion, if you want to call it that. Leah Rimini's series is entirely based on that separation, that 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 forced backturning on people who leave the church. I'm glad you mentioned that. Is there going to be another season of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, a, it's a big hit for the... Uh, well, there's no more um, uh, Kevin Can Wait, so she's got, you know, she's yeah. working two series at once. That's that's appointment telev- television for Rochelle. It's unbelievable. We it, absolutely love it. If you want to binge a series, if you're looking for something to binge, Ooh, you got man. two seasons. You can't stop watching yeah. it once you start. No, Nicole Kidman isn't in Scientology anymore either, No, right? no. In fact, okay. it was always, if you watched any of the documentaries, it was always a sore point um, uh, in the church because Nicole Kidman's father is a psychologist. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and they are they're 
the Antichrist because of, when because, it comes to Scientologists. Because he had seen those his kids that he has with her. He um, actually has custody, I think, of... Right, like there was that maybe she was not, that Nicole Kidman was not in there in her kids' lives. It might but, be, Kathy. I don't know how, how, it, how it broke out. You know? So uh, to answer you guys' question, uh, there is uh, a third season coming up. I, I'm trying to find the premiere date and I can't, but uh, Leah Remini is also going to be doing a show with uh, as an actress with Rob McElhenney. Ah, so, really? Yeah, she's going to be on the. It's uh, <clears throat> just on IMDb. It's untitled Rob McElhenney, Rob Rossell, Fox Project. Oh, man. Oh, no way. So maybe we Rob can hey, get us in touch with her. Exactly. Oh, my God. That'd be I, so cool. I, I want to talk to oh. her about all that stuff. And, and Caitlin Olson's going to be on the show as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. All right, I have a couple other things. Uh, from ABC's Blackish, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Has says that she in an uh, interview with Inside that she has found her happy place. Uh, is she's the November cover story and says she's very pleased with her life. Wait, you just pass right over that. We have a woman here going on record to announce she's found her happy place, and you just whisk right by it. Well, I'm going to get to the details <laughs> oh, okay. because it is interesting because she's 45 and single and childless, and she likes it that way. Okay, so she's uh, you know that that breaks a lot of norms uh, as far as wanting to be in a relationship or wanting to have children at the age of 45. Do you know that uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, Diana Ross is her mommy? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. So she said it's sort of fascinating to be 45 and single and childless. She said happily single, I should add, and not at home crying about it. She uh, plays a good mother on Blackish. Uh, she said some of the ability to reflect on what I really want comes from pushing up against a society that chains me for not having the expected trappings. I'm very pleased with my existence these days. Have I had to learn uh, to make friends with loneliness? Yes. And I think if we're in a relationship, it would be the same. So that's kind of interesting. Damn right. And, uh, I mean, she's successful. She's beautiful. Uh, and you don't expect that from 45 years old. I think and she's hosting the American Music Awards. Is yeah. she? Does life yeah. get any better? Okay. Well, she's happy. Uh, director Brett Ratner is dropping his libel suit against uh, Melanie Kohler, a former Endeavor employee who accused him of rape. He had filed the suit against her on November 1st, the same day uh, that the L.A. Times reported that six other women were also accusing him of misconduct. Are there any criminal investigations against him at this point? I don't know. Uh, in this story, it does not say. Uh, I would assume that there probably, that there would be, right? Six different ones? Yeah. You figure one would take. Uh, Unless they're all out. I can't believe they're all outside the uh, the realm of... Uh, statute of limitations. Yeah, statute of limitations. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Kohler's attorney, Roberta Kaplan, tells Ratner's to, uh, calls Ratner's decision to drop the suit a win for women everywhere. And then one last thing. Uh, the uh, the biopic Vice, uh, the trailer dropped yesterday. Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Did, wow. you see, did you see that clip? I did. For Christ's sake, it's unbelievable how much like Dick Cheney he is. Yeah. Uh, it's Adam McKay's project, yeah. obviously, and the resemblance is uncanny, like Steve said. Uh, the film also stars Amy Adams as Lynn Cheney, Steve Carell as Donald Rumsfeld. And it took me a moment to see that that was in the first clip I saw that it's Sam Rockwell yeah, as yeah. George W. Bush. And he, he they've done an amazing makeup job on all these people. I don't care what the, the general movie is, don't, the vocal impression... And the gesticulations and the movement uh -huh. that Christian Bale does, who's a guy who is freaking Batman, yeah. playing Dick Cheney, blows your mind. It's almost mesmerizing. Like his body language, Steve, is <laughs> it's spot on the way he moves his head. You know what he gets to is the, the half smile that Cheney has. Yes, yeah, the side smile. Yeah. And also, there is there is a, a, a there's he has a very Preston to your your audio thing. Uh, you know the what is it? ASMR? A, yeah, I, Cheney has a very mellifluous. Yeah, very yeah. yeah. 
Right, 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 right. right. A lot of vocal fry. Right, right, yeah. Uh, Vice drops at Christmas, by the way, but it's it's uncanny. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, take a look at that. All right, we're going to do uh, clips now. And Grey's Anatomy is in its 15th season, and tonight marks their 320th episode. Wow. You can bet your ass. I will not be watching. I uh, hear Camilla Luddington, who has been on the show since 2012, explains what happens to the cast behind the scenes on a long-running series. We're kind of a big family. I mean, we, we you have to realize that we spend 10 months of the year together. You know, a lot of shows are, you know, 8 episodes or 12 episodes. We're 24 episodes, so we are a family. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a new episode of Grey's Anatomy airs tonight at 8 o'clock on ABC. Let's do the next clip, folks. Uh, the standalone Venom film explores the complex and menacing character. Here, Tom Hardy talks about what he enjoys most about playing Venom. I think he just looks brilliant. I like the look of him. I, I'm, uh, he's got massive teeth. Do you know what I mean? He's huge. He's, uh, he bites people's heads off. He's got those eyes going on. And uh, uh, I just enjoy looking at him. <laughs> I just enjoy looking at him. Uh, Venom is in theaters tomorrow, and we had the screening last night. I didn't get to, uh, to go to it, but yeah. It, so it's it's getting uh, some mixed reviews, but the, uh, even the reviews that are less than stellar say it's a lot of fun. Cool. That's what you want yeah. out of a movie. Uh, phew, that's it for entertainment. I need a beer. <laughs> Too much. I can't have one right now, <laughs> but I can give you a case of beer. And I have a uh, case of Yard's Rival IPA for caller number 14 at 215-263-WMMR. Minnesota in town this weekend looking uh, for revenge against our birds. Be sure that you have plenty of Yard's Rival IPA on your hand to celebrate another win. Uh, you can pick up some at South Philly Bar and Grill on Passyunk Avenue. So caller 14, it's yours. Give us a call. We have a lot of people and a lot of things to do this morning on the program. We will be back in just a second. Give you the details of it all in a bit. Stay with us. And Steve show on 93.3 WMMR. Like the podcast? You'll also love it live. When you can call in. Weekdays from 6 a.m. to about 10.30 a.m. on the radio at 93.3 WMMR. Or stream the show live via MMR's mobile app. Thank you very much, Kathy. I uh, saw this article that Steve sent over to me, uh, which is kind of interesting. Do you do, well, there, there are health and beauty influencers on social media now. Yes. We all have our uh, Kylie lip kits. Right, exactly. Yeah. Kathy's an influencer. Uh, is she, are you an influencer? Yeah. No. Uh. Kind of, you kind of are, but you, you sort of vet things. You don't, you'll, you'll put up things that you're using yeah, that are legitimate products. That is their job. I mean, that yeah. is their right, job right. is to be influencers. Well, what, do we, what do we find out that, that for for an influencer like Kylie or, or was it um, Selena Gomez? One tweet was worth to the company of the product she was promoting, like, $3 million. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. somebody who's, like, got a big, big following. Yes. Uh, but there's uh, health and beauty influencers that are encouraging women to smother their breaths in toothpaste <laughs> and Vaseline to reduce sagging and make your breast uh, grow larger. That's really, they're just playing a joke on you. <laughs> well, they don't think so. Do you they brush think... your breast in the morning, Kathy? Uh, no, I Up don't. and down, side to side. Listen, there's nothing that's going to stop your sagging unless it's surgery. Yeah, yeah. Not, well, to, not, not slathering them in toothpaste? Uh, there's a YouTuber called Natural Beauty 556 and uploaded a video titled Titan Sagging Breasts in Just Five Days Using Toothpaste, claiming that a mixture of toothpaste, plain flour, egg whites, 
and uh, grated cucumber. Grated cucumbers. <laughs> There's your healthy aspect. Will tighten up your breasts like really, really crazy. <laughs> and, I, and I quote there. Like, really? I say this, and I'm no scientist. But toothpaste on your skin, if you ever get it on your skin, it just kind of dries up and tightens a little bit. Yeah, my friend temporarily. For uh, pimples. All right, so uh, for pimples. Pimples? Mm -hmm. Interesting. But uh, I can't imagine (laughs) any long-term benefit from uh, toothpaste-covered breasts. Yeah, other other than a nice, pleasant smell. Another channel, uh, Susanna Home Remedies, suggests putting toothpaste on your nipples. And rubbing Vaseline on your breast to make your breasts grow larger. You forgot the first step, Preston, which is to raise your blinds and face the window. Right. <laughs> uh, these videos have received millions of views from people desperate to change the shape and size of their breasts without surgery. Huh. Uh, hey, but surgery is so common these days. Yeah. It's not exactly clear how many of them have attempted the technique. Uh, but apparently, and uh, according to this article, huh. rubbing toothpaste on your breasts will not make them any bigger. These are all sorts of uh, like a beauty enhancement life hacks. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the one? There was another one that was fairly recent that was something like this, where you use one product for another result. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was equally as dumb, though. Here By we have way, video up of toothpaste going on the breast. Yeah, the toothpaste will also not reduce sagging. There's all kinds of weird... If, if you go through history, there have been all kinds of bizarre fads, you know? Like, I remember putting mayonnaise in your hair. Yes! As yeah. being one way, way back when. What, what about the beer shampoo? Is that is that legit? Did that ever pan out? Remember washing your hair in beer? No, I don't remember all that right. one. I think I like my mom would use beer um, in her hair rollers. Is that accurate? Really? Yeah, when, when she was huh. a teenager. Or would she hide beer in her hair rollers? No, no, no. She would use it as a way... Like, you, you would put the rollers up and then spray with beer... Huh. And it was like a, almost a de facto um, hairspray. And Casey, I've used um, toothpaste for pimples, and it works. Yeah. Does it? it? Yeah, it, it dries them out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the active ingredient in the toothpaste is, but like if, if in a pinch and you don't have any pimple cream, toothpaste will do the trick. This, this looks like a bad porn that we're watching here. Yeah, just, yeah it does. <laughs> By the way, Nick, bringing up hair rollers, if, if I ever happen to see someone with rollers in a bathrobe uh, bath or something, I, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> yes. It just looks... Uh, it's such a classic sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially if they're smoking a cigarette. Yeah, when he came into the back window, yeah. did women... I ever- stole my frying pan. <laughs> I did the uh, horse and mane shampoo for a while. That okay. was like yes. supposed to, you know, make your hair grow fast. Literally like made for horses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but some people, uh, in fact, a lot of people swear by it. it. Yeah. Wait, so it makes your hair grow faster? That's what, what oh, the I claim didn't know was. That. Well, I uh, thought it was a, supposed to make it give it a fine sheen. sheen. Uh, both. Mm-hmm. A Martin sheen. Yeah. A, what about A eggs? Charlie sheen. What's that? Oh, what about hair is going like crazy? <laughs> sorry. No, no, sorry. It's my fault. <laughs> uh, what about eggs? Do people actually use eggs? To, to wash, to wash, what? no, to wash their hair. Oh. I don't. I would never. I've never used eggs on my hair. No. Okay. You know it's good though. Rub eggs on your penis <laughs> and then do a video. Bring it in for me. I've told you guys this story many times, but um, uh, and I'm going to say it because I want to embarrass him on the air. Uh, my friend Stu Sidlow, who's now a doctor, we convinced him that uh, if you put um, peanut butter on uh, a hickey, it'll make the hickey go away. Oh, no. And he fell for it. And he's yeah. now a doctor. He's now a doctor. He's an anesthesiologist. He's a brilliant. And uh, um, But back in college, we convinced him that this would uh, get rid of the hickey. I will tell you that there's their entire industry 
industries that have, if you were to had marketed and because it's kind of peanut butter, maybe that would work. Yeah. So he was in the middle of the summer and he sure. walked around college campus and uh, had peanut butter slathered all over his neck. <laughs> I love it. Didn't do a damn thing, Vicky, but it entertained us. By the way, the only thing that will happen when you put uh, toothpaste on your breast is make them smell minty. Uh, it says you might notice a feeling of tightness, however. Right. But that is because toothpaste is drying, so right. it will make skin anywhere in your body feel a bit drier and tighter. It's why people use toothpaste to treat spots, because it dries out oil and sebum. I don't know what sebum is. I don't know. How do you spell it? <laughs> S-E-B-U-M. Sebum. Sebum. Wow. Yeah. That's a fluid I have not heard of. Uh, a it's to- like Cowper's fluid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. A toothpaste cannot... That's pre-sebum. That's <laughs> <laughs> sick. Look at that. Look at that. a bunch what? of pre-sebum. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the real sebum yet. You just wait, baby. I'm going to sebum all over you. Oh, God. This is just a pre-sebum. <laughs> a lot of it, too. A lot of it, too. Yeah. Uh, cock. <laughs> pre-sebum. He, like, he's very, well... Hates us? I, he, no, I, I was going to say he's very professional, I guess. He is very in, professional. In his own way. He mm-hmm. must hate that we've known him for so many years and that this continues. But we, and we say many times, he's a great guy. He's just, he's just very... Um, uh, Done dealish. Imitatable. <laughs> yes. Uh, a toothpaste cannot penetrate deeply enough into the skin and reach the breast tissue to have any long-term effect. The same... Well, is this the same article that says, yes, you can, no, you can't? No, it's, this, it this says say, no. You can't. That there are people uh, that that believe this and are and are uploading videos saying that you should do this, and then the article saying it no doesn't way. do anything. Got so, it. Okay. So Preston, yeah. when uh, uh, Rochelle had the BBG, yeah, it was it was like a, a tightening or a, a, a right. It was, it was it was a lift. A lift. Yeah. So so how, <laughs> if I may ask, how extensive a procedure is that? It's very. It's pretty extensive. extensive. Yeah. Is it? Hey, oh, and yeah. Did, did that last? Yeah, she's still, she looks great. Yeah. She, okay, I, I don't mean the whole thing. I mean I mean the actual breast lift because they because yeah. a lot of a lot of doctors will oh, uh, yeah. recommend that you don't do the lift that you actually put even if you have large boobs that you put an implant in because really? it'll stay longer. Because could you just lower your head and make it look higher by comparison? Ooh, yeah. She had that procedure how many years ago? Ten uh, years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah. Time, yeah, and they're still still as up, still wonderful perky. and perky as ever. Okay. So much so that we were at an event and Doctor Mike again thought he was reaching around and. <laughs> The way I did, holding her arm, and it was her boob. He grabbed her boob. Yeah. Dr. Mike did? Yeah. yeah. But he can do that. Yeah, he's a doctor. He's, he's grabbed he's everything. He's already done it clinically. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, this uh, not only is uh, toothpaste not having any long-term effect by rubbing it on your boobs because it doesn't penetrate deep enough into the skin, neither does Vaseline. It says if you rub your breast with petroleum jelly... They might appear larger because they have a sheen on them. Right. That's true. That's why bodybuilders oil up before yeah. pose down. It makes you look bigger. Exactly. Duh. But uh, <laughs> freaking oil makes your boobs look bigger. Uh, but you won't notice an actual increase in size as a result. You know, they. is there any truth to the rumor that rubbing snackables on your rectum is a... <laughs> Is a good thing to do. It's one hundred percent true. All right. Uh, so, um, so the the whole oil, uh, there's there's countless ones of these, and then people they'll go and they'll market basically what is regular oil, like baby oil, as a new product that increases the size of your breast, and people fall for it. Now I don't know about increasing breast, but you know the the preparation H on yes. the on the eyes that works though, right? Yeah. Well, I mean that stuff is it's medicine. It's, it's made. It's meant to. 
uh, to shrink yeah. tissue. Yeah. At least from what I understand, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's an over-the-counter medicine that you can buy, so that's what it does. Have you ever used it for its actual intended application? Uh, yes. How uh, effective is it? I, I didn't... For hemorrhoid treatment. Uh, for... for uh, I don't remember. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> Go you ahead. You could skip this story. I had anal pain. <laughs> Yes, I have anal pain. The death metal band. <laughs> anal pain. Uh, I just recently had some butt issues the yeah. other day, man. Back in a flounder, didn't you? <laughs> Back in a flounder. I told Casey about it. <laughs> I had to make what my friend calls a butt tampon yeah. out of toilet paper. Oh, yes. By We've way, all been there. You, We've you, all been there. No, I... Really? Well, so, no, no, we haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> no, we have not all been there. Not well, Kathy, you, yeah, come to say you call it swamp ass. Yeah. You call it a, just, a visit from your friend. Oh, and she, she and Kathy always insists that it's because take of a my, shower. my hygiene. That's not you it. Are dirt, your ass is dirty. It's from cleaning too much. There, he's right. You rub it he's raw. He's right. You it's rub it raw. Yes. No, get okay. I un, just get in the shower. That I do this. Clean, I do not it. Wipe with toilet paper. No, 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 no. Kathy did, and I, it, it's painful. I don't believe you. Oh my God! You can just. Here's, here's the deal. So I can tell you, I I have a spotless butt. I'm telling, yeah. thick and span. And it, but I sometimes I tend to overclean. Yes, thank you, Steve. Yes. We There's worked together thing. for twenty years, and we you never know. You never know. I I, I I apologize for never turning around and parting my cheeks no. to show you, <laughs> Preston. You you told me about packing a flounder the other day. That's what it's called, by the way. Somebody yeah. t- somebody uh, years ago told us my friend used to call that packing a flounder. What putting <laughs> toilet paper the between your butt cheeks? Yeah, it's to, a butt tampon to, to help uh, the, the to keep the chafing down. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. By right. the way, if you're pre med, keep listening because this yeah. is valuable information. Mm-hmm. But I just have a question for you because you were telling me that uh, hadn't happened in years. By the way, uh, yeah, I had an issue with it the other day, and, and it's all better now. I'm, I'm great. There you go. Go ahead. And we well we do share. A lot of intimate information. Of course, we do. But you had told me this uh, pack in the flounder thing, and I and I was thinking about it later on in the day because it had a tone as if you. Thought, it was wistful, as if you thought I have packed a flounder before. No, I just remember you okay. finding it funny. Okay, I remember you finding that particular phrase funny, and that's why I it is it a funny you. phrase. Yeah, but I've yet to pack a flounder. Okay, well, okay. Can, can set, count yourself yes. lucky. Sir, yeah, because right. it's not a fun experience. <laughs> you, the proud. I woke up in the middle of the night and did it. Uh-huh. I told you that. Yeah, I went to the restaurant. It like, can Man, be quite uncomfortable. I'm going to oh, pack yeah. a flounder. Now. Yes. <laughs> And I did, and it helped, and it worked. You know what? You're missing a product here, and in Preston's, Preston's flounders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pres- Preston's. Uh, there's a little ratio, a little alliteration there with the P. Packing a flounder, Preston's. Uh, but but I need flounder packer. Maybe something like that. Right? Preston's yeah. fantastic flounder packer. It's, it's kind of like it's <laughs> yeah. like an alert, alliterative sandwich uh-huh. with the P's on the outside and the F's in the middle. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll work on that. Okay, we'll work on yeah. it. But it, it it's, of... it's there. We're, you know, it, it's like the, well, the pop, problem... pop, fizz, fizz. We're the, looking for the right phrase. Right. The problem with uh, the toilet paper is it's just too brittle. So you need to get, like, something more... Brittle, more durable? More durable, Your yeah. toilet paper's brittle? Fantastic flounders and how to pack them. <laughs> I like that, too. It's a yeah. little long. Yeah, yeah, it is. A little long. Do you guys, do you have any home remedies that... Um... For like that, like I removed my own prostate. Wow! Yeah, well, I told you guys the one the other day that um, uh, for Listerine on uh, dogs, um, you know, when they have I heard hot, about this hot yeah. spots. Yeah, so it, it, a hot spot on, especially on a golden retriever, is a an open wound. They're they're disgusting, but the dogs scratch them and often oh. have to have the cone of shame on. Yeah, yeah. And um, but Listerine or some generic version thereof will uh, clear it up, dry it out, and uh, it's much cheaper uh, remedy than having to go to the vet. So in a pinch, if you were to use Listerine, it would do the do the trick. 
I mean, they, they were, yeah, they, things like that. What was the other that I, um, I one time used, because it dries, I one time used Pepto-Bismol on a pimple. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. if you ever if you ever let it dry, it yeah. gets... I, I figured anything that would dry the skin would be valid, and it did work. Now, a lot of times you wonder if it was just going to do what it was going to do anyway. When I was a kid, we used to use, because we played outside so much, and I would just get eaten live by mosquitoes, I would be covered in Oof. calamine lotion. Yeah. Calamine. You remember yeah. using it, that? Absolutely. Yeah. And that yeah. dried you out as well. Big time. Yeah. It, would, it, would, it would dry up. The, you put it on there, it would start off wet, it would dry up, and then it would kind of... Really, it would contract a little bit. It got and then wider. It yes. got wider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'd be covered in calamine lotion. As a kid, my whole life was home remedies with my mom. <laughs> True. It, yeah. it, it always involved apple cider vinegar and olive oil in some way. I was imagining oh. your mom like, like a, you know, in the woods with like a piece of straw in her mouth and give me, give me a little bit of toad juice there. <laughs> no, seriously. If she could, she would go out into the woods and like... Yeah. Find things to use to solve all the, all the world's problems. I need some roots. <laughs> yeah, well, my grandmother was like that. She's like, was she? She, she pulls some and she's like, "This is ginseng, you know. Yeah. Here, try some of this, you know." And I'd be like, "No, I'm not gonna <laughs> eat that." Uh, See, butt flounder three times. Look in the mirror. Let me go to <laughs> Natalie. Hey, Natalie. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Natalie? Hi. Um, I just wanted to let you know that um, my sister's fiance has a toilet that will wash and dry your butt. Wash not, and dry. We're not talking about like a bidet, right? We're talking about a real full-blown toilet that will wash and dry your ass. A bidet that dries? Yeah. A blow dryer bidet? Yeah. I, oh, my yeah, God. Of, I yeah, want it, that. It, 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 yeah, it has different features. You can do the front or the back. I'm, no I'm looking right Look now. Look that up. I, like, yeah, I only have I a like butt on the back. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, All right. you, know, you, don't, you, know, you don't need any wipes and you don't need to overwipe. Natalie, do you have yeah. a brand name? I know what she's talking about. I've um, seen it, and it is... No, I don't. Toilet? Yeah. It, it, it washes and dries, I'm going to use the clinical terms, your ass. Okay. Th- this is it. Look yeah. at the, the video, Steve. Th- this is it. Okay, we're watching right. right now. It looks like it has a seat warmer. No, uh, somebody peed all over that seat. Uh, thank you. By the, uh, what do you mean? It looked yellow. Okay, yeah. it is a seat warmer. It was highlighting something. Okay. Case. But there right. is like a remote, and you can oh, basically do thanks, Natalie. front, back, wash, Are dry, whatever. Are you kidding yeah. me? That's pretty cool. I just thought of a of a uh, of an endorsement for our friend uh, John downstairs, MGK, the Debella de Bidet. <laughs> yeah, at Debella de Bidet. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> Why has no one Delaware? <laughs> Why has no one done that? Yes. Uh, hang on a second. Somebody wants to strongly advise against the Listerine. Okay. Uh, is this Sierra? It is. Hi guys. Hey, what's How up, Sierra? Work? It's okay. Uh, what's happening? So I'm actually on my way to work. I'm a veterinary technician and just wanted to let listeners know, do not actually put Listerine on a dog's hot spot. Okay. It's really painful. There's Mm. no guarantee that that will work in the long term. All right. Um, And seeking veterinary care is the best and most recommended way because we can simply take a look, clean it up, and send you home with a spray to take care of it. And a $500 bill. No, actually, it will be much less than that. Much less than that. All right. <laughs> no, yeah, I, 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 you're right. I mean, you should take the dog to the vet if, if you're able to do so. But I, I know just from growing up and having three golden retrievers, we would use it often. And, and we did get a text from another vet tech who said, uh, who, who echoed my sentiment about using Listerine. So I'm sure that she's right about the the best yeah. option is taking it to the vet. Yeah, Proper you, medical care. You never want yeah. to throw caution to the wind. Thanks, Sierra. Appreciate it. Um, um, did anyone get, what's the brand name of this? <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, I don't know. Geberet? Geberet? 
Life is a gibberit. G e b e r i t. Hang on, Marissa's got something to say. I found another one called uh, OpMed, and I think it's also intended for um, maybe people who uh, receive care. Okay. So that they can, you know, they don't always have to have somebody uh, with them. Oh, to take care of that for them. Yes. Okay, to, to seen, wipe their butt for them. Or but, whatever. And, and I'm sure Thanks. that's a good use. But this, this I saw in uh, a hotel, so it was you know. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't do that at a hotel. I wonder how much Too it would cost. So I saw that. one that was for like four grand. Four grand? Wow. Oh man. Wait, why wouldn't you do that in a hotel? Uh, because you use the, do you not? That's use exactly the, where you. That's, that's what, what you're, you're doing. doing test when you're going to the bathroom. Anyway, I know, but it's. Uh, it's a very intimate when something starts spraying into your hiney hole. Like, where's the <laughs> the water filter? I think it's very intimate when something starts spraying into your hiney hole. <laughs> I'm right. Okay. Uh, I got to go to this call. This sounds weird. Uh, Jordan, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, Jordan? Hey, uh, my mom gets really, really bad migraines. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time we're on an airplane, she for- like she forgot her medication. So she takes that Q-tip, dips it in Tabasco, and snorts it. <gasps> what? She takes a Q-tip, dips it into Tabasco, and then snorts it. And does it sort of shotgun open her sinuses? Apparently, she feels the pain, <laughs> the burn, more than the migraine. Oh, wow. it's diverting the pain. Right. Oh, Why does she just shoot herself in the foot? Oh, my God. That's interesting. I've never heard of that one, Jordan. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Wow. Right, so that's, we, a, that's a ballsy move. You yeah. have heard, have you heard that, you know, your body can't process pain and, like, extreme cold at the same time? No. So Is that a fact? Uh, I, well, all right. I, you know, yeah. you're, you're hearing it from my mouth. Right, so it's right, probably right. wrong. But what I do know is that when I, I was getting cortisone shots into the bottom of my feet. Yes. And they would spray my foot with this uh, cold spray uh, before they would hit it with the, yes. with the needle. Oh, but I was thinking, I, isn't, that just, isn't that just sort of deadening the, the nerves? No, yeah, no, 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 no. it's numbing it. No, numbing it. It wasn't numbing it. Okay. That's lidocaine. This is a, this is a cold spray. Cold and, and the the podiatrist was telling me that my body can't process the extreme cold and the pain at the Interesting. same time. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So because then uh, once the cold wore off, like I, you know, which was only a couple of seconds later, I could totally feel it. But anyway, uh, this um, would this would actually hold up because you remember Yukon Cornelius removed all of the abominable snowman's teeth and there was no scream of pain or anything. No. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, this is kind of a long, drawn-out way of like... All right, go ahead. Um, I'm we'll go on the journey with you. <laughs> come, please, uh, come with me here. Uh, if you could uh, have some sort of thing that you put in the freezer that was uh, basically a hat, you know, that like if you ever had a really bad headache... A freezer hat. If you get a freezer hat and then... <laughs> you know, the freezer hat. You put the hat on your head and it covers your skull and, <laughs> yes. and perhaps... Yeah, maybe that would, would calm, cool you down. That could be. It's Wait, better than snoring Tabasco. Hang on, hang on. So you're saying put a helmet in the freezer? No, not a hat. Come on, what are you ridiculous? <laughs> Jesus. Well, uh, something like a bowler. Okay. So, no, something more of like a knit cap <laughs> that would that has <laughs> that retains cold. That retains cold. Could you imagine okay. you go you go over to the refrigerator, put it on your bowl. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll bet you something like that exists, and it does. And it does. Uh, an elasto gel cranial hot cold therapy cap. It's what do they use that for? Uh, and... Look there, Preston, now oh. in Lincoln version. A what? Like a Lincoln's hat. Lincoln's hat? Oh, right, like a, a stovepipe. Yeah, you can yeah. fill that with stove ice. Top. Stovetop hat. Stovepipe hat. I meant to say pipe. Well, uh, it's expensive, too. It's 70 bucks. Yeah, for the ice cap. There's one called the ice cap, and there's one called the elasto gel. 
Only 45. Uh, we yeah. have two of the Incredibles right there. Well, uh, let's right. look at the reviews on this thing. Let's see if it is worth seven right. bucks. Uh, so anyhow, well, I could see how that could temporarily give you a little bit of relief. It's uh, the, You can, get them. It's akin to putting a, uh, we would always just take a, um, a, a towel yeah. and wet it, and you either put it in the freezer or, or you use warm water. For around your you neck do. or over your head. Yeah, correct? something like that. Um, All right. But this is a, a, a goofy-looking hat helmet that you could wear. <laughs> Looks like you got a spar as well. Uh, let's see here. All right, let me go back to the toilet thing. I have Ryan. Hi, Ryan. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, uh, Ryan? So I, just, uh, I just wanted to comment in on this. My my uncle actually uh, put three of these in his house out in San Francisco, and they're called the Numi. And it has an aux input for your phone. It has the radio on a touch panel, and it also has your feet warmers wow. uh, and a toilet seat warmer and cooler. It, it's really a phenomenal. All right. Is your uncle wealthy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say a little bit because they were, I think they were like six or 7,000. Oh, my God. All right. So six or 7,000. Let me ask you uh, uh, about this, Ryan. Uh, does okay. it does it do the heat, the, the, the butt cleaning feature? Uh, I, I I don't remember. I think you can change the temperature of the water. Yeah. Okay. Now, well, what you need is actually because the one that I'm interested in will actually, a la a bidet, mm. clean out, uh, you know, give you a little extra clean and then dry um, dry your uh, buttocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what this thing does. And, uh, and, you, and I know you can control the temperature of the blower, too. Oh, right. well, then that's interesting. Yeah, we're looking at a video of this right now, Ryan. And, yeah, it's got it's got cleaning, Steve. It looks like water cleaning for the front and back, drying for the front and back, and then all kinds of stuff, music and so on. So that's yeah. uh, that's out of hand. I it's also no a idea. deep fryer, Preston. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can make chicken wings while you're there, too. You turn around, who wants some chicken? Wow. Okay. Some people have too much money. Thanks. That's This is an extravagance that nobody needs. No, I just well, I just, just need your wipes. basic basic level automatic ass cleaner and dryer. <laughs> but, yeah, but the bidet is standard in Europe. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I I did. I remember I was down actually it was in Jamaica and, and the hotel that we were at uh, Claire and I had a bidet and I used I said I took it out for a spin as far as sure. the butt. Yeah. It's used for the butt too. I, I feel w- like you need this, Preston. <laughs> she just well, she heard <laughs> ass flounder, but but Pack a flounder and she freaked out. This would help I you. I have a very clean butt. No, you're right. Uh, you got to remember, she comes from the world of Santeria. <laughs> I will use, uh, if, if there's a bidet, I'll use it whether I need to or not. It's it, there. May it, as well use it. Listen, if you're thirsty, it's yeah. a wonderful wow. little fountain to have in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me say, hang on a second. Amy has uh, a story about this toilet thing. Hi, Amy, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, I just want to let you know, my dad has been looking into this toilet and he found it on Sam's Club. It was on sale for five hundred dollars. If you're interested, no five hundred dollars. And does, does does he? What is his assessment of its cleaning capabilities? It does everything that uh, original car was saying. It dries your butt, uh, washes it off. You're not supposed to have to use toilet paper. Yeah, I don't that, think it's, I that's don't think... the issue. Is is the toilet paper the abrasiveness of the toilet paper? Yeah, it can happen. It it does. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I don't think it's the one that we're looking at right here, Steve. I think it's the one that we had the earlier call. This one has an automatic car starter as well. Yeah, this one's the, it's a little too much. Yeah, this is the Bentley of toilets right here. Uh, I will go to, let me go to Jackie. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good, what's up, Jackie? I can't believe the first time I'm calling in is about a, a, a toilet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. the way life works. Yeah, what's up? 
Yeah, I was in uh, New York, and Morimoto's actually has that toilet there. Really? And uh, by the time, like, we waited for dinner and we had dinner, I used it three times because it was so low. <laughs> you just kept going back for more. What was the best and aspect of it? I my glasses, so I kept kind of just pushing buttons, <laughs> so you kind of got everything going on there. You got your, your butt cleaning, your warmer, the toilet warmer. It was, it was wonderful. But if you're a guy, don't push the button that says Caitlin. <laughs> Might be a big mistake. It's, it's bad. Um, you could try it at Morimoto's. Yeah. Would, would you call it a pleasant uh, toilet experience? I do. It's wonderful. If I had four thousand dollars, I would definitely invest in it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Oh, because yeah, you do listen. How much time would you say do you spend? I mean, when you're in the bathroom and you're, uh, will you sit and read and, and play games? Uh, yeah, and... I'll, I'll, they'll do a little crossword puzzle and, yes. and, and hang out for a little while. When uh, the pins and needles start to sit in, it's like, okay. Then right, how, long, how long till pins and needles for you usually? Um, ten uh, minutes. Ten minutes. Two hours. <laughs> uh, so, so I have a, uh, I, there is the, the heater uh, in my, in my, I have my own bathroom now. Yeah. And it's right in front of me, which is nice. And there's a little shelf for my iPad and my whole thing. And, it, and, and uh, it's now something that occasionally is like, I think I'll sit down to pee. Uh-huh. You, have, you have a shelf? It's a direct, shelf right, directly across from you? Right in front of me. That's and, great. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I can put, I literally, it's right at keyboard's height. <laughs> and and uh, my iPad, uh, I, you know, I put it up there. and I Even do, a foldable one, something that will whoop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I I do some work on the toilet here in the morning. Sometimes I did this morning. Yes. I go and I, I take my prep work and I go pull and the I, flounder I, out. I highlight and I take yeah, no flounder. Okay. We're, we're out of flounder. That was only one day that I needed that, <laughs> uh, and it worked. Here's because you. and this is why there's a multi-million, well, perhaps billion dollar. It's a global thing. It's what we all do at yeah. some point or another, yeah. and it's a part of our day. Yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, if you saw the movie Why Him? Uh, yes. The uh, yeah they the Brian Cranston right. and Franco. They, they end up developing a, a special toilet. Huh. Well, I think a lot of times we sort of take for granted how uh, important a, a, a toilet and a decent toilet is in our lives. Uh, I agree. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you for coming today. I'm Casey, and this is my TED Talk. <laughs> the, the downstairs toilet I had in my old house was not that great. Uh, it was a toilet that... Um, was a necessary toilet for that space because it was kind of crammed into... It was like an a, octagon. Well, no, but it was smaller. Okay. It, it was smaller because it had to be because that's where, the you know, downstairs, it was it was at ground level, so uh, it was really tough to move that plumbing. So the toilet kind of had to stay where it was. Yep. And as a result, we had to make it smaller, and I didn't really care for that. I was at another toilet uh, that, unfortunately... The second toilet. Oh, my God. Uh, well, all right. When you when you make a deposit, uh, yes, uh, when a you brown make deposit, yeah. when you go poopy. Um, the the problem is is the you, um, <laughs> the shelving is too close to the drop zone, and therefore, I understand residue it. stays on the porcelain for too long. All right, I know this is so. I know Bill wants to kill himself with this conversation, but that is that is a design flaw of That's some toilets. Major. It design is a flaw. major design flaw, right? Um, and I I agree wholeheartedly. The cavern needs. To I be have. Deep, I keep dude. my toilet. Spick and span because you ha- I have the little Clorox things, Kathy, yeah. that you put on the end of the, the wand and you clean it out. And then I have these two little things that my wife just got. It's like little, um, like rubbery kind of 
like you, you kind of squirt it and it solidifies on the base of the the bottom of the toilet. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you mm-hmm. know what? I just saw one of those in my friend's toilet. I, I thought I thought like a, a robot had taken a crap in the toilet. <laughs> now we're going to London uh, in a couple of weeks, and you you had mentioned you know bidets being fairly standard in in Europe and hotels and stuff like that. They also have some different. Types of toilets that might make you go hmm, and it depends on where you are. I have guess, you seen one? Yeah, there was one that we that we used. And I think it might have been the first time that we went to Sweden. That it's a um, that there's a bowl part, okay, yes. that has no liquid in it at all, and it's very shallow. It's not far from your butt. Yeah, and then past that is a deeper. Uh, it, it's it's like a it's like almost like a shaft that drops down, and so you're just talking about shaft. When you go, it just lands on that dry, okay spot. Huh. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And then when you hit the button, this water shoots out and washes it away so, down into the canal. What yeah. you just described is what Casey and I are not fans of in in toilet design. Steve, it was like I, crapping I, on a plate. Yeah. I do not like that. It, it was very hey, weird. If I'm going to crap on a plate, I'm going to do it in my kitchen. You know, no, what I'm, I'm going to do it because someone's paying me to do it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> as well get yeah, some out of come it. Come on. Steve, crap those, on this plane. Those, uh, and let me go get the Lennox. 50 bucks each. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the flushable Clorox wands that you uh, you mentioned, I use those as well. Uh, they say flushable on the on the thing, aren't I they? I don't. Okay. I have, you I, fish I, them out I, after I, you clean? Uh, no, what I do is, is here's what happens, and they're really good. Yeah. You click it down at the end of the wand. Right. You clean around inside the toilet. You flush the toilet, and then you, you push it again just to get the residual water. And, and I have a... A, a, a toilet, a, a garbage can that has a closable lid with a with a an, right, a, an antiseptic uh, I see. plastic bag in it, and I put it into that. You can push it down with the wand, and you just disconnect it. Yeah, you have the little button on the yep. wand. Yeah, okay. yep. all right, all right. I, I've left them in, but they don't always flush down. Properly. I, I never trust anything, as we learned that whole yeah. bull crap about flushing um, sanitary napkins yeah. and all that crap is best, not true. Best not to do it. Even don't, the baby wipe, even the flush. Don't baby screw wipes. it. Yep. My friend who works for a custom home builder, and they build very large mansion houses. They're building that giant one by me right now? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, they're building For the mansion one. people. Um, she just texted me, and she said that they install those toilets with the uh, front and back wash and warmer. All, she said all the time. Sure. Oh, it's pretty much like standard in the houses hey, that yeah, they build. Yeah, if, if you've got, if you've got FU money, then that's just yeah. going to be your toilet. So or you if, you, if you are, some people have difficulty in that part of their day. With that function, that bodily function, if you if you make an investment in something that's going to make it easier and more pleasant for you, it would be well worth the expenditure. We do have to take a break. I just have a quick question for you, Preston. Are you still a member? plate? <laughs> do you have a plate and got, 50 bucks? I got 50 bucks. <laughs> I got a plate and 50 bucks. How much time do you got? Because uh, it is time right now. Uh, no. Do you still belong to that? Uh, is it what Buyer's Direct or what was that called? Yes. No. No. No? All right. Do you? We do. Yes. Okay. Maybe that... Uh, that uh, fancy dancy toilet is on there. Do you know what? It, it could be stuff that's a little bit more on the tech side. Is you don't always get a a, a good deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, well, don't put toilet paper on your boobs. Or not toilet paper. <laughs> Toothpaste. Toothpaste. Or that. Or paper. Put toilet paper when you're packing a flounder. Right. If we've learned anything. We've here. learned a whole bunch of we've stuff. We've learned a lot. We need to take a break. We need to clear the phone lines. Thank you, guys. <gasps> I apologize if I didn't get your call if you've been on hold for a while. But uh, I would like to give away right now to call number 20, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story on Blu-ray. I bet their toilets are awesome. Oh, my God. Um, 215-263-WMMR. Uh, it's available now on digitally and on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray DVD and on demand. So give us a call right now. Call it 20. You get it. We're going to come back into the Bizarre File, and then we begin our list of guests who are going to be joining us. So be right back. 
MMR was pretty humbled when the biggest hard rock band on the planet said yes to playing our final big birthday concert event. Okay, maybe not humbled, more like ecstatic. The MMR 50th finale with Metallica. October 25th, we blow out the 50 candles on our cake and blow the roof off the Wells Fargo Center. We begin our 50-day march to Metallica. Every day, you can win the coolest Metallica treasures, CDs, concert posters, collectible vinyl, and tickets. Grand prize, meet the band and take home a custom Metallica Yeti cooler. It's MMR's 50th finale with Metallica. On sale now at wellsfargocenterphilly.com. And I knew we needed some rockin' music to bring him on. He is a rock star, isn't he? He really is. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to want to stop by because there's a new menu here in Philadelphia that he is responsible for. And we'll get the details from him, ladies and gentlemen. Our buddy, Guy Fieri. Hey! What's up, Guy? How are you crazy people doing? Dude, we're awesome. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm in Philly for a little visit to check out the restaurant over at Harrah's and, uh, they wouldn't let me come to the station today. <laughs> That's what we heard. We heard that if you came to the station, you'd probably stay here all day and you wouldn't be able to get to the other commitments that you have for the day. And you know that's what happened last year. I come there. I'm hanging out with you guys. We're yep. eating. We're talking. I'm listening to other people's interviews. I mean, it was a total party. <laughs> and by the time we got back through traffic, everybody's like, uh, yeah, like the uh, other seven news agencies have left already. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> well, who, uh, so you I think understand. these handlers have your best interest at heart? Or is it, uh, are, are, you know, is there a potential battle now between, because we, we know you'd prefer to be here, but is this set something horrible in motion? Well, I, I think that everybody knows where my loyalty lies. And even before I had a restaurant here in town, uh, I was coming to hang out with you with you folks. Although I still haven't seen you in California, but that's I, another time. Yes, I know. Well, we, we are now getting out and about and taking the show on the road to far-flung places, including uh, London at the end of this month. So this is this is now more on the table than it's ever been. Yes. Well, I think that we have a great spot up in Northern California, up in the wine country. I think that I'll be able to host your uh, your cavalcade of craziness. So you just tell me when it's time, and uh, and I'm down. And did the food arrive yet? I sent somebody. I came here to the restaurant literally at six Re- o'clock this morning. Really? Are you kidding? No, not not a damn thing. Not a thing. Oh, we'll, we'll get. I, I'm sure it's oh, on its way. We'll though. freak the f out so if there's funny. food that's meant for us, and some slob is eating it right when now. When you said that, everyone's head popped up. <laughs> Like, no, I think that there's a, there's three production assistants sitting out in the parking lot right now with a 12 pack, and, uh, and you guys aren't having it. <laughs> hey, we're, we're we're stealing we're stealing food from our sister station. So if we have stuff, we definitely want it. So oh, most definitely. So, all right, so you're in town uh, mainly to promote the fact you guys have a uh, a new menu at uh, the kitchen and bar at Harris. Yeah, you know what? We just try to always keep the keep the water flowing through the pond. We want to make sure that we're just bringing some new ideas. And, you know, we've got a lot of great fans that come into the restaurant and have their favorites, like the bacon mac and cheese burger, which I think I sent you one. But we, you know, we, we started a new one called the Philly Burger. We take what you love about a Philly cheesesteak. We put it on a guy-style burger. We have another dish called the Chicken Parmeroni. So we take chicken parmesan, which, of course, I think is, you know, a staple in, uh, in my family. And we cook it in a little bit of pepperoni fat that we crumble fried pepperoni on top of it. So, you know, we just take and we just, you know what this is? It's really what I've been cooking at home and things that I'm making when I'm, you know, 
taking care of my family, and then we just start rolling it into the restaurant. So, See, that, that's and that, that's, therein lies the not, thing. Because uh-huh. sometimes people will do, like, they'll do these hybrid sandwiches. And you're like, ah, man. And, so, and you know some places have just, like, said, oh, we'll slap this with this. But you're saying these these have been these have been tested at the Fieri household. Oh yeah, the kids. My, my family will lay it down for me real clearly whether or not this is a winner or a loser. And the way we laugh about it is, I'll say to my mom, I'll say, "Hey, mom, you know, I've got some so there's some leftover because they live right next door." I said, "You want me to pack it? You know, pack it up to go? You want to take that to go?" She goes, "No, I think we're going to be okay, honey." And I know, like, okay, that was back to the drawing board. Yeah, no, no, we're we're good. It, it wasn't that good. So so cool. So it, you're changing up the menu. It's it's a lot of. Um, you know, like uh, it's it's fun food, but it's uh, it, it, we know that whatever you do, it's it's a very hearty meal. Do you enjoy doing this? Do you enjoy doing the the refurbs on the menu? If I didn't, it would be like it would be like. I, thank you, by the way, for the intro music because that was awesome. <laughs> but it would be like ACDC only making Back in Black. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, granted, we would all love just Back in Black, but the the, the truth of it, as a chef, is. I mean, this is what I'm doing. I'm thinking about food every morning. I mean, we're talking about, you know, how to do this, how to make it better. We have a new concept that we're coming out with, and hopefully it will be nationwide soon, called Chicken Guy, where we do um, uh, fried chicken tenders with 22 different sauces. And people are like, well, why would you, you know, what, what is the thing? Chicken tenders are boring. 22 sauces are exciting. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's all I'm doing is thinking what? about food. Just like you. All you're thinking about is crazy stuff to do and talk about on the show. Right. I'm doing the same thing L- with food. Let me ask you something. My wife and I picked up a an air fryer recently because it's all the, the rage. Where do you stand on the air fryer? On the air fryer. You know what? I haven't, I haven't used one. I don't, I'm not a real gadgety guy. Um, I do believe, like, for instance, when we cook our chicken tenders in Chicken Guys, we use what's called a, uh, a pressure fryer. So we're pressurizing and, and frying, and it makes it a real clean fry. So I think that's kind of what they're getting after with the air fryer. I think it is. Um, but I will tell you what the, the, the rave is, is that is that multi-purpose uh, Instapot. Um, that's part, you know, the pressure cooker and yes. so forth. That's that's getting some acclaim. So I'll get back to you on the air fryer. I don't I don't know that this turned into a Consumer Reports edition. But uh, <laughs> well, because because fried chicken is sort of we love fried chicken, but it's it's a it, you know, it's it's a tough nut because, you know, it's it's high in calories a lot of times. And it's and, and it, it's it's. There, there's, you know, you have chicken, which is, you know, solid, but there's these issues. If you love fried chicken, you love it, but you, if you could have a little bit more of a latitude to eat it, that'd be great. That's why I was asking about the air fryer. Well, you know, I'll tell you something. Next time you're making fried chicken, you want fried chicken, but you don't want the calories and you don't uh, have the gym membership to back it up. <laughs> right. um, take the chicken tender, brine it in a little buttermilk. Yep. Powder, you know, hit it in a little bit of in a little bit of flour, little egg wash, panko breadcrumbs, and then cook it in the oven. The breadcrumbs will really give you it's a, it's a, it's kind of a good cheat on how to make a fried, crunchy flavored chicken tender without uh, without frying it. And the panko breadcrumbs will help you do that. Awesome. Now, now there's cooking tips. There's cooking tips. There's, <laughs> there's travel guide recommendations. You're giving us everything. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, guy, how do you think about another kind of a uh, rage lately? Although it's been around for a long time, is is brining and pickle juice chicken, and I, I think that's yummy as hell. 
Well, I, I wouldn't say that I'm the guy that's doing that. Of course, I am. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, <laughs> that's absolutely one of the ingredients at Chicken Guy okay. that we do is, is, is brining it. And actually, we use that. The same recipe that we're doing at Chicken Guy that I was telling you it's going to roll out is the same recipe that we do here at, uh, at Guy's Phillies, you know, over at, um, over at the Harris Casino. Yeah. Um, that's the same recipe. So if you want to try it before it comes out in the, in the chain restaurant, you can, you can check it out here. It's, it's dynamite. And we make awesome. all of our own sauces and that whole giddy up. But yeah, I, I think. Have you guys been down here? By the way, oh yeah, yeah. oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like yeah, a party. Do I need to invite the whole station down? Like lunch <laughs> and cocktails and. Dude, I like the way you think. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. no, we, we're we're totally down with that. Harris yeah. is uh, Harris is awesome. By the way, you've yeah. got man, you have over sixty restaurants uh, <laughs> under your ownership. How how do you handle all that, guy? You've got to have an amazing staff that you trust. You know what? You got to have a real good team of people. We just we just opened down in Costa Rica. We opened Guy's Burger Joint down there, and we're open. As I said, we just opened Chicken Guy over in uh, at Disney Springs in uh, in Orlando. So do you, do you yeah, let it's, some, it's, do you let some of your chefs uh, you know uh, do a little R and D as well? Oh, absolutely. And, okay. Well, it's like your show. I mean, I think everybody just thinks that things just magically appear. I mean, I've been to your show for so many years now. Mm-hmm. I know the team, and everybody is working on. Their, you know, their subject matter and their ideas and their and, and doing the background on it. it you can t- listen to be a great quarterback. You have got to surround yourself with a bunch of great players. Otherwise, you're getting sacked and you're not throwing touchdowns. Yep. And I think that you guys are a perfect example of that. So yeah, without question, it's having the super team around me that uh, that makes it look easy. Uh, right, it's man. cool, man. It's it's awesome, man. And and the stuff you know, the food is just great. Hey, Has the food arrived yet? I'm no. <laughs> We're waiting on it. Hey, are you doing any appearances? I mean, are you going to be at the restaurant today for people to come by and say hi, or is it just uh, all business? You know what? It's, it's just business. I flew, okay. in, uh, I flew in today. Or I flew in last night, actually. Came to the restaurant, had the big party, going up to Foxwoods this afternoon. I've got wow. another, uh, another restaurant up there going to hit the game tonight. Jesus. Um, my, uh, my boy, Jules uh, Edelman's back in. Uh, then we're down to AC tomorrow. We've got a big party going. I don't know if you guys are doing anything for the weekend. We'll come down to AC and hang out. And uh, we're doing a big gig down there at, uh, at our restaurant. At the Chop House, and uh, then back to California for one of my buddy's weddings. Wow. Yeah, well, life is good, man. What about TV? What do you have coming up? What projects? You know, opening a bunch of those chicken guys. That's uh, you know, that's the big piece. We've got uh, you know, but going back into the studio for guys' grocery games, which I would love to have you come out and check that out. Yeah, we're going to be shooting that for five weeks. Um, you know, little projects here and there. We're just trying to do as much time with the kids, and you know, hi, my son Hunter's a senior at UNLV. So uh, he's ready to break out and, uh, Jesus. and jump onto the knuckle sandwich game. So it's a it's a whirlwind right now, man. Hey. It had, like from the last time I saw you guys, it seems like it was yesterday. It hasn't changed one bit. It's only got louder. By the way, I have good news: the food just arrived. Yeah. Marissa's, Marissa's bringing it into the studio as we speak. Awesome. He was telling, yes. So we we're see gonna it now. All we're right. gonna dive into that when we get off the phone with you here. All right, buddy. Well, you guys are great. I'm sorry I didn't make it over, but this has been a, a long... Uh, I, I knew after last year, I'm like, there's no way they're letting me go. And I argued for it, but I figured I sent the food. We got to have a nice chit-chat. And anytime you guys, uh, anytime I can help out, you know I'm always game. Well, speaking of which, and I know this is a tall order, but I'm going to say it anyway because you're you're d- totally invested into this community. Uh, we do this thing every year. Um, it's going to be our 21st year, I think, doing it. It's called our Camp Out for Hunger. Um, and it, it is the the single largest food drive in the country, and we started we started the Monday after Thanksgiving, 
And, um, you know, Robert Irvine has been involved with us in, in years past. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we broadcast our show uh, from a parking lot. Preston and Steve sleep in, in the parking lot all week long. Uh, we've raised over a million pounds of food last year. It's 1.6 million. Yep. So if you... Um, if you're touring, or if you can talk to your your uh, your promotional people and and you know make it a point to to get through Atlantic City and Philadelphia the week after Thanksgiving, we would love to have you out there. If I could make it, or if I can't make it, you can expect my contribution. I am I am all about supporting our community. You know, we just had those terrible wildfires in Northern California. Yeah, uh, last year, you know, ripped through the town that I live in, Santa Rosa, and then just recently we had them up in Redding. And I'll tell you something: it's our communities. They keep us going, and you sometimes don't know it until you're, you know, you're in the middle of it. But listen, I'm a, I'm a member of the, uh, the Philly community, and I appreciate all the support that I get here at the restaurant. So you could absolutely, if I can't make it, you will see my support in one shape or form or another. I love awesome. that. Excellent. Thank all you. right, guy. Always great to talk to you, man. Enjoy your crazy ass next couple of days, <laughs> and we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bud. Go to a long commercial and enjoy the food. All, All right. right. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. Guy Fieri. Yeah. Take care, my man. And don't forget to head to Harris and check out their new menu at uh, Guy Fieri's Kitchen and Bar. He's awesome, man. What did he send over? Uh, he sent over. There's some uh, some hot wings, which I just had one. Very tasty, Steve. Not crazy. Blow your mm. head off hot. Mm-hmm. With a special, like, vinegar-based uh, sauce on it. I think these are uh, beef brisket uh, tacos wow. with corn tortillas. Would you like one of those? Or uh, one? Uh, if we go to commercial, I will definitely indulge. Right, Thank we, you. We got to do the Bizarre file, so let's do that. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. All right, this morning it's brought to you by French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville. With everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond, all the big name brands, they have them. Visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional information. French Creek Outfitters. Why take a chance with anybody else? A horny couple in the U.K. got frisky in a photo booth, and unfortunately for them, their X-rated pictures were left on display after they finished. Uh, the guy and his girlfriend posed for four passport-style pics after a night of boozing it up at an indoor golf center. Uh, after drawing the curtain, she flopped her boobs out uh, for him to squeeze before unzipping him. And then she stuck her tongue out next to his exposed manhood before finishing off with a passionate kiss. The photos are hilarious. And I, they clearly didn't realize that there was a display outside the booth showing the pictures. Yeah, so they, they took, they just thought the photos were going to be printed up yeah, and yeah, take yeah, them yeah, yeah. So they grabbed the photos and then the images automatically popped up on the booth screen, which was seen by passersby. And I guess they left and didn't realize that they Yeah, they had no idea. Uh, so they had, they had apparently given the visitors an eyeful at Mr. Mulligan's Lost World Golf. Why, why they're there to take these pictures, but, I'll, but, I'll t- you know, every, anytime you've passed one of these booths now, they all have a review screen outside yeah. the booth. Yeah, they've, they've. So uh, you to pick the pictures you want. They've advanced to that now. So, uh, one, one, uh. A uh, person who saw it said the couple had just finished 18 holes, and it's fair to say they went for the 19th. Uh, I was drinking with my mates nearby, and they were very giggly when they came out all over each other. Their faces told us that they had been up to something. Uh, we had a cheeky look knowing photos of the previous users pop up. Uh, the witness went back a few days later, and staff admitted that they uh, had reset the machine to clear the picture, so they no longer exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
A trucking company employee in western Pennsylvania is accused of funneling nearly $400,000 in customer payments into his personal bank account, and investigators say he blew the money on strippers and hockey tickets. <laughs> of course. Among some other splurges. Uh, 29-year-old James R. Perry Jr., this is near Pittsburgh, was arrested Monday on theft and other charges. Perry was the director of credit and collections billing and settlement with R&R Express Trucking Company with the alleged funneled money to himself dated back to April 2015 to the tune of about $373,000. In my defense, I used it on strippers and hockey tickets. Uh, According to court papers, company and financial records show customers would send their credit card payments to uh, them and Perry would use a computer program to process the payments and redirect them into his personal checking Uh, account. He's going to beat the system. Uh, Officials at the Allegheny County Company finally discovered the scheme in July, promoting the police investigation. Still, the company may not have much hope of recovering those funds. Investigators said that Perry spent the money on strip clubs, adult entertainment, tickets to Pirates and Penguins games, casinos, uh, jewelry, and other extravagances. The people that do this, uh, do they... Do they know the clock is ticking, or is the hubris so staggering yeah. that they think they won't be caught? I wonder if some people, you know, maybe don't get caught, but it would be in the absolute minority if that were the case. And he's in the hundreds of thousands. H- hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, the case was set at uh, $10,000, by the way. Uh, this is horrible. Uh, the owner of the Florence Bowling Alley was killed Sunday after getting caught inside the bowling oh, pin-setting machine. Oh. Jesus Christ. I have a fear of those things. I don't know why. Well, because they're big, mechanical, yeah. metropolis, Skynet-looking things. I mean, I, I for some reason, I've always, as a kid, I, I had a fear of accidentally sliding in there, <laughs> and then it comes down and just clamps, <laughs> rips you apart. Cuts you into pieces. Makes love to your wife. Well, it's also a machine that doesn't, you know. It's a mindless machine mm-hmm. created for the torture and enslavement of the millions. Authorities from uh, fire... That was a Terminator, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. Uh, authority, authorities from fire and rescue... Were dispatched to the bowling alley around 1.30 for reports of a person stuck in the machine. Ugh. You know how they found out, Preston? Oh. Somebody went to go bowl their round. They stuck their fingers down into the holes. It was someone's nose. Oh. Head had been ripped clean off. The victim was unconscious and not breathing when officers arrived. Uh, it, the, uh, uh, the dead man was uh, 65-year-old Hector Rodriguez, the owner of the bowling alley. That's terrible, man. I'm going to win the conversion made to, to the machines from the, uh, the old-time pin boys. Yeah, I don't know. All right, and then uh, let's just do one more story, and we will wrap things up. Uh, This one is really weird. A former Southern Oregon property owner has been charged with assault on a federal officer after authorities say an FBI agent sent to the property was shot from a booby-trapped wheelchair. What the hell? Listen to this setup. Officers responded to the home at the request of a real estate lawyer tasked with selling the property. Now, officers found traps throughout the property from spike strips to a circular hot tub turned on its side and rigged to roll over anyone who triggered a tripwire. They said it was much like the scene from uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Harrison Ford is forced to outrun a giant stone boulder. This is a huge hot tub that would have rolled over someone. Who set this up? The complaint had said after making it past the hot tub, according to the complaint, a bomb squad... Hot tubs. I hate hot tubs. (laughs) An FBI agent approached the property's manufactured home and blasted open the fortified front door. Inside the home, a wheelchair outfitted with a fishing line, uh, shotgun ammunition, and other items got pushed and triggered the explosion that wounded the agent. An X-ray found a 410-gauge shotgun pellet in the agent's leg. Authorities said the makeshift weapons were created by 66-year-old Gregory Rodvelt, 
who was forced to forfeit his property as part of an elder abuse case involving his mother. Rodvelt currently is in county jail where he is in the midst of an assault trial in a separate case related to an alleged armed standoff. So this dude's a nutshell. Oh, show them. I was just beating her and taking her Social Security, and they freaked out. Wow. That is just wild, man. All right, and there you go. That's what I have for you in the Bizarre File this morning. Uh, we're going to take a break, but not before I give away some movie passes. we got a screening of Goosebumps 2. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. <laughs> uh, family 4-pack to give away. Kathy is going to be at the screening, and this will be Wednesday, October 10th at uh, 6.30 p.m. UA King of Prussia, so you need to be there no later than 6, so it's a little bit on the earlier side. Take the kids with you, and I will take one, two, three, I'll take five calls. At 215-263-WMMR. So this is for next Wednesday to join Kathy, and we'll get you on board for that. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, Tim Dillon, uh, Dillon, who's going to be at Healing Comedy Club, is going to be joining us next. And we still have several guests to go this morning. Back in just a little bit. Now, more with Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Come our next guest, who's going to be at Helium Comedy Club tonight and then through the weekend. This is Tim Dillon. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That traffic report was horrific. (laughs) Everything was, I don't, everything was heavy. Yes, it's always heavy. Everything. Yeah. Heavy here, heavy there. Here, everything. Jammed. (laughs) There's not one road. That's working. Yeah. Yes. And even not, not that well, that one yeah, road. Stay home. We were talking prior to coming on air, and you're, you're from uh, Long Island in yeah, New York. from Long Island. Grew and, up and, there. and we've, on this show, we both referenced the severity and the nightmare that is the Bell Parkway. Yeah. I need you to confirm that when we say this on the air, this is the truth. About my the father has blamed the Bell Parkway for why he didn't have a better job. You know, <laughs> yes. he told my mother, he's like, I'd have a better job. We'd have a better house and more money, uh, but I can't do it because it's the worst parkway to avoid that people will go to all kinds of links it is crazy like every year it makes the list of like the top 10 parkways in terms of accidents yeah. and fatalities and that's included in that list is like lawless countries <laughs> nomadic tribal yeah, countries right. where people are poachers stabbing elephants right. like that the Bell Parkway always makes that list. It's it's true, and, and yet you, it, it, people think it's an apocryphal thing when we go off on. No, it is. Yeah. It is no, every it, every bit as horrible yeah. as uh, as uh, we say. I've 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 been familiar with you, and I've enjoyed your stuff for a yeah. while. And then I doing some reading on you. Last night, I was not aware of your story. You have a hell of a story. It's at the top of your Twitter page. You, yeah. you talk about it. Yeah. Lead us through the the early, if you wouldn't well, mind. I was, I was a, you talk about being a child actor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. My my white trash parents from Long Island thought that I was going to be their retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> so they took me out. I was a great looking kid. When I was seven, I was like one of the kids where, you know, I was like, the you know, you look at me and you go, oh, that kid should be on TV. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. A little better than A little better. To be honest, he did better. Yeah, you sure. don't want to be, be okay. petty, but sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so my parents took me out to, you know, detergent commercials, and I you know, I spent years trying to be like, oh, isn't this soft? And uh, <laughs> and I tried out for a lot of stuff, and I booked nothing. Like, I didn't get anything. I came close, very when close. Was, your mom was a bit of a stage mom. You, uh, you describe you know, her as schizophrenic. a stage mom, but yeah. it was not enough of one to make her to make son it... successful. <laughs> so there was a lot of failure, and right. Penn Station is the station where you, you go back to Long Island from New York City. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of me eating Dairy Queen blizzards. Uh, you know, you know, just yeah, having her be like, well, she'd be like, how did you do it in the audition? I tell her how I did the line. Yeah, and she yeah. goes, well, you're not getting that. So you want a blizzard? And that was the weight problem began at oh, seven, my just kind of diving into uh, there. But yeah, no, nothing ever. Sesame Street once. 
Once. Really? No, That's I was still on cool. It twice, and yeah. I, it was a cool thing. But what was your scene on Sesame I, I Street? I did the polka with Snuffleupagus. Oh. You know? And it's public television, so you get paid $13. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, my parents thought I would land like a national commercial. Fifty grand, yeah. You know what I mean. Put a second edition on the house. <laughs> None of that happened. No. None that's of that. why. Yeah. So, but you say you'd like to get back to acting at some point. I mean, right? I like to do every now and then. They bring me in for a role. Like I try to, you know. But it's never, you know. It's always like, you know, a minor thing. You know, like a b- bloated body in the river, or <laughs> like a minor. You know, you know what? what I mean? Yeah, that's not flattering. Stock worker, yeah. fairy worker. Right. There yeah. are a couple know? of guys out there that are, are successful. Uh, um, I'll call them like TV show makers. Like Brian Koppelman's one. He yeah. does billions. Right. He loves stand-up comedy. He does. And also, a friend of mine is on that show. Uh, Dan, Dan Soder, Soder, Soder who's young, great. Paul, you're a good-looking guy. Yeah. He's a guy that would believably work mm-hmm. in an office where the show is called Billions. <laughs> I right. cannot, like, there's no well, version yeah. of that show. Unless that show were to take place on the Staten Island Ferry, yeah. there's no version of that show where I am put in in well, place of, you know. Could, you, you, be, on, you're, could yeah. you be on Hundred Thousands? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, to be honest with you, probably not. <laughs> but uh, Big J Oakers had played a drug dealer on that show. So, now, so that, we're now going more in the direction yeah. where All I right. would be. Where, you're, where you'd be comfortable. Yeah, I'm like Crooked Cop. I'm between Bond Trader and Drug dealer. Right, but the other yeah. one I was going to say is uh, Vince Gilligan. Uh, who, sure, Breaking Bad. Yeah, Better Call yeah. Saul. He, lo- he, you know, he puts stand-up com- uh, comedians yeah. in his show all the time. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you guys, comedians as a whole, and I've said it, I, it's, it's kind of been the long-standing um, uh, axiom, and I, I believe it's true. C- comedians, you know, stand-up comedians can transition easier into acting than the other way around. I, th- I think well, you, sure. You, well, you, you know? nobody wants an actor yeah. unless they're really good at it doing stand Because stand-up takes a lot of work to yeah. do. And in fact, any any movie that's tried to... Like Punchlines is a, is a, is a yeah. fun film, but yeah. you can tell. I mean, it just... It, yeah. They, even... Um, and now, mind you, Destin Hoffman's one of the greatest actors of all time. He's doing yeah. Lenny Bruce. But still, it's just not... It's just... It doesn't quite... Well, it's right. a, yeah, it's yeah. different. When you see... Actors uh, portraying stand-up com- comedians on stage is way different. And then, like, I- I've watched your act. Uh, I've seen your act on, on YouTube. And-, yeah. and then I watch, you know, Netflix specials. In fact, I was watching Rogan last night. Um, yeah. And when you see that, like, I mean, essentially, you guys are acting. You're up up there on stage. Yeah. And you're portraying a character that is, uh, you know, sort of parallel to who you really are. Right. So that's why I think that transition is, is yeah. so natural. We're like for a an lot exaggerated version of ourselves. So I think when you yeah. especially if the role is something close to you, mm-hmm. like if, if it's if it's something that's in the in the arena of what you kinda are as a which is what people want. Like nobody wants me to play something that's completely different from what I like, you know, like people want me to be some version of myself. Right. And then if you could do that, then it's good. Yeah, you know? you're like, it's, it's like we say on the air where we, we're about 10 to 15% above ourselves. Yeah. Because you, you, you have to, you if have you, to. If you turn on a TV show, you want me to be like a, a football coach who punches a kid. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And if you're a football you go, yeah, coach. Oh, okay. That guy. Yeah. You want me to be a cop who's uh, taking drug money. Something that you would, I would believably do in real life, and I bet you'd be good, like Artie Lang, for example. <laughs> Artie Lang would be great. I brought act. Artie on stage the other night, and he said, "Give it up for Tim Dillon, my personal trainer." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good line. Yeah. Yeah. Artie's great. Uh, I want to ask he's you. Great, yeah. I want to ask you about your the audience. Your, was terrified. Oh, really? <laughs> your tour bus days. Yeah. I was a tour guide in New York City on a double decker bus, and uh, I was very bad at the job. And I was would, that was that good though for. Um, 
It was great for stand-up. It's yeah, bad for people horrific. that wanted facts about New York. <laughs> it was very <laughs> negative for people that wanted to learn. Legitimate information. Because I would pass the Empire State Building and I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> I would just talk about my roommate <laughs> or something that I was angry about that sure. day. Or... And you, it, it, it's kind of hard to omit the Empire State Building when you're passing it, it, by. It's easier than you think <laughs> um, when you don't have a boss because you don't. nobody's really, there's no oversight. It's just you and confused Norwegians right. on a bus through midtown Manhattan. So it's like, I'll cover what I want to cover. Give us a percentage of how much actual accurate information was imparted. 15%. <laughs> you know? What was, the, what was the, the best lie you made up that you can remember? I took, to, we were in traffic one day in the winter, and this is true, and I'm kind of, this is one of the things I'm more ashamed about. I had a bunch of uh, tourists there, and they wanted to see the 9-11 memorial, and we yeah. were never going to get downtown to see it. I knew that for a fact. So there was this really weird sculpted mountain of snow by Central Park. Oh, no. And I just said, there's the 9-11 memorial. No, no. And they all just kind of nodded and were like, okay. It was beautiful. It, it, was, it was like, it was, you know, and I said it represents the coldness of the axe, you know. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what. Um, uh, listen, and they then know? it depends what country people are yeah, from. But right. like, if you had a bus full of Saudi Arabians, there was traffic. You could always just blame it on Jews. They'd be like, well, of course. You know, so you could encourage it's reading people. the crowd. Yeah. If yeah. you had Israelis and Palestinian kids, you could encourage them to fight. Yeah, yeah. You have fun. You got to have fun. I'm bored. You so. got fired, I assume, or you quit? Uh, no, it was, I was in a union. It was very hard to get fired. Okay. Nobody would show up to testify. Like, they'd be like, they said you did this, but they got to make flight to JFK. They're not going to show up to my hearing. Nobody's flying back into New York to get the tour guide fired. Like, nobody hated it that much. So you do, you, the, now is this, do you do a tour? I do it as a show now. As a show. Yeah. I love this idea. Yeah, it's fun. We just, we, we sell tickets to it. If you're in New York City. Uh, How often do you book those? Uh, we, we started doing it about two years ago because I was... I would actually, it was weird. I missed, like, obviously, comedy, you want to get rid of your day job. But when I got rid of it, I kind of missed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a weird way. I didn't want to hear it every yeah. day. But, like, every now and then you'd see a bus and, like, this captive <sighs> audience of people that can't go anywhere. And, yeah. You know, somebody, and I was just like, I wish I could kind of get on there and yell at them. And uh, so I said, we're going to do it as a show. And we sell tickets to it. People buy tickets. There's about 60 seats up. That's a great idea. And we take it to New York City. And I talk yeah. about, you know, money laundering and human trafficking and all the fun stuff that you can't really discuss. Those are the tours I love. I love, like, <laughs> yeah. for example, there's tons of historical tours in Philadelphia. Yeah. But the haunted paranormal tours. Like right. the crazy weird is stuff. Is Philly haunted even, though? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't, it doesn't strike me. It's like it's New Orleans yeah. strikes me as haunted. Yeah. Really, it just seems like some guy. Is really shoehorning that into Philly. <laughs> well, when no, you're all there's a lot of ghosts. Yeah. Now, some of the squares in town are actually potter's fields. There's thousands of people buried underneath uh, these parks. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Interesting. So there you go. It huh? gets very defensive. It's like, the haunted tour is legit. Damn shut straight. your mouth. <laughs> you will see dead people. It's true. He's investing. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, don't. <laughs> Don't screw with Don't our haunted this door. <laughs> um, I, you, you are, you, uh, you're a foodie. You, yeah. You, and you're, you're a fan of frozen yogurt. I'm a fan of everything. I mean, I'm a big ice cream guy, but, you know, frozen yogurt is one of those things where it's amazing because you you are tricked into thinking it's kind of healthy, and then you end up almost killing yourself every I, I, time. I think, you, it's unfairly, yeah. I think it's unfairly denigrated. I, yeah. I, it is, listen, there's no two ways about it. It's not ice cream. It's not. But in its own and it's category. it's not food. It's and it's not, <laughs> and it's a chemical. It's a chemical. But, but it's great. The but right? it's great. I mean, there's so many versions of it. And um, But the problem is you go into those places, you're like, I'll just get something with strawberries. And then you leave. It's like, the things on your yogurt you've never even seen. It's like chocolate-covered right. pencils, you know, right. dipped in pizza. 
peanut butter, and then you just eat it in your car, and they're always next to gyms, and you watch people walk out of a gym, and you're eating, like, this devil cereal you've made out of cookie dough and peanut butter cocktails, one ounce of yogurt. Yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. It but is I, disgusting. It's, I love it, you know? What I love is that as you go through, there's a place, like, in, in, in Manny on Cold World piece, and uh, uh, it's uh, you go in and you get your you get your various toppings. I'm just going to get a small thing. You know, by the oh, time yeah, you're done, and they it's 150 it, right? bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. weigh it, yeah. and you're like, wait a minute, why? Did well, I, I don't just even think that's that? a real scale. I think they're trying to see how fat and desperate you look. <laughs> yes. Like I think they size you up. They look at me. They're like, you'll pay 23 bucks for this. I'm already eating it. I'm like, oh, good. I think that's more what it is. Wow. The, the scale doesn't even make sense. No, because you you don't see the numbers going up. You just put it on the scale that goes. Thirty bucks, and you're like, How, what is what? the calculation method being used? Do you to think there's like, the like a button, oh like like a, like a yeah. rigged roulette table? Yeah, yeah. I, I just think they look at you and they're like, "How screw? Like, is this the fat guy going to pay this?" And you're like, "Yeah." If it's a soccer mom, she'll complain. So it's like, yeah. "This is seven bucks." And well, she's listen, like, "All right." I took, I took my son and his friend, and I let that. I was like, "Oh, this is cool. They can like, you know, get it." Oh, forget it. They, I walked out. It was like fifty bucks. Well, because the kids load. The thing yeah. is, they load it with toppings, and those are yeah. heavy. Yeah. They, they are. Those are heavy. Stupid toppings, too, by the yeah. way. Like he's saying. Gummy bears. Yeah. Gummy yeah. bears. Things gummy that don't bears even belong on yogurt. No. Yeah. no. There's a place in New York City, I, I swear to God, they have just slivers of cheesecake <laughs> in a bin that you can just put yeah. on top of yeah. the yogurt. Oh, yeah. I see. I mean, uh, you're, not, you're, not, you're not even trying any pretense no, at all. That's crazy. It's I mean, because you put food on the planet. Yeah, it's insane. You're putting strawberries on, at least you're saying, okay. They should just have ice cream as a topping. You should go to the topping. And start scooping real ice cream on top of it because that's the logical yeah. equivalent. That'd be great, what, you know. That'd be you awesome. Your yogurt? Uh, ice yeah. cream, uh, ice cream, and just label it. Who's kidding? Who? Yeah, yeah. Right. I love it. Exactly I love it. it. Uh, well, what else? I was, you know, I was reading an, an interview with you, and yeah. um, you were talking There's about two of them. Yeah, but but you were talking about your skill set, and you and you said you think you would be a good tent preacher. I'd be great. And I, when I'd you said great. that, I, I, I was reading. I'm thinking Sam Kennison was that. Yeah. Sam Kennison came from that. I'm fascinated by all that stuff. I, I, just, I love it too. Yeah. Are I you just, fascinated by cults and things like that? I love all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the direction I'm headed. Uh, <laughs> I just an idea of just a sweaty guy getting up in Louisiana in a tent and talking and just it just again it goes back to tour guide. It goes back to like there's it's a group the same of thing. people and yeah. I just want to move them in some way to do something. Drink poison. <laughs> Whatever they want, you know? I have, I have a, a great plot of land down yeah. in the... But yeah. it's one of those things where I'm like, if I wasn't a comic, what could I do? Like, obviously, I'm not going to be on Billy. I'm not going to be trading bonds. Right. What could I do? Uh, tent preacher. Well, because mm-hmm. it also, there's there, it appeals to the ability... Can I incite people? Can I move people to do something? Yeah. And and, and so Kennison's stories were always yeah. were always great about that. And or you said a small town politician. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like a very corrupt... <laughs> Politician. I mean, the, the thing now is people don't, a lot of people, they don't even want comedy. They just want to get whipped into a rage. Yeah, yeah. They're like, dude, let me, can I just be in a, that's why they go online and they're like, I just want to be in a frothing rage. I know I've worked for 10 hours, but is there anyone out there that could direct my anger into a militant rage yeah. that then I can get it all out of my system and then wake up the next day and 
you know, go, go wherever. It's funny you mention that because we're going to have Ike Barinholtz in the studio yeah, in yeah, just yeah. a little bit. He has a movie out called The Oath, which deals exactly with that. Yeah. The, he's, on, he's in the 24-hour news cycle all the right. time. He's getting his text updates. And the people that everyone is enraged about this. Everybody's and, and, angry. And they don't know how to just calm Everybody's the F down. Angry. Yeah. I, I woke up this morning. It was early. And you go on Twitter and, like, uh, you know. The first thing you read is somebody who's just, I swear to God, the first tweet I read, I was laying in the bed, yeah. the first tweet I read was, prepare for civil war. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. Wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I saw That's your comment, yeah. on, on, and Casey brought it up too, but on, on yeah. Rogan's special, and you, yeah. the, the point that cracked me up was that yeah. you said comedy can be funny. It can be. Yes. It, it should be. Every now and then. I I caught you a few times on on Red Eye, and, yeah. and, and that to me is is a, is a that was a fun show. It was a fun show, yeah. And then and it was a great comics e- would try to make points on yeah. it. Like, yeah, I would be like, just have fun. Like I'd be sitting next to John Bolton, and yeah. I'd be like, Tim, what do you think we should do about Syria? <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, do you know why I'm? What here? do I think you should do about? Syria. Like, it's such an insane... Right. It's like, if you're at the point where you're asking clowns yeah, yeah, yeah. what to do about foreign policy, <laughs> we're in real trouble. And that's my whole thing as a comedian. I'm like, I just try to make people laugh. I, I have views. Some of them come out in the act, but yeah. like, I really am trying to make people laugh. I have not studied Syria. <laughs> I have not visited you Syria. didn't even I've know about very the... little comedy in Syria. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the people. I haven't gotten an idea. I'm hoping there are people studying Syria. I'm imagining there are. <laughs> and none of those people are funny. Nor should no. they be. Because right. I bet that takes it out of you. You know? I bet after a good Syria study, you're not as funny. So let them handle that. And they don't all have to agree. Let them fight it out. But like... The idea to me of comedy is like, oh, we're going out Friday night. We want to hear what this guy thinks about, you know, politics or everything. It's like, listen, if it's funny, you could obviously anything in the world, anything goes. But to me, it's like I I need to be funny. That's what I'm doing. Agree a thousand percent because it it should be it should be an outlet. Mind you, you, if if you're going for someone who's specifically political and that's your deal, that's fine. Great, yeah. But but uh, what the political things you say are funny. But everyone's hyperbolic and it's it's kind of wild. We try to be sort of the um, the. Antidote to that because you know where you can go. Like you said, you go yeah. to Twitter if you want to hear about yeah, that. Or, or the people war. now just get up and they're like, "I'm in pain," <laughs> and you're like, "What? <laughs> I'm in pain?" And it's like, okay, all comics, it, a lot of it comes from pain, but it's like, yeah, you got to make, you have to make it funny. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you know, like you have yeah. to take it. Did it take you a while to, to get to that point where you could, or or were you? I was always kind of a clown, and I just it got me a point to get good enough where I would then go out and ask people for money. You know, I mean, you do free shows when you start in Long Island in the back of some Italian restaurant. You know, right? Yeah. Like, well, everybody at Raviolis, get ready because we got a show for you, and uh, and then you just get up and you'd be you wouldn't get paid. I mean, you'd just be there. Maybe you get a breadstick, but like you would try to get good, and then uh, you work at it for a long time, and then you. Get funny enough to go out and, and it, it, yeah. it pays off we did were you uh, i was I, I don't know if this is an apocryphal story but you were yeah. on a jury for a murder trial and i that's was yeah, it was the first... best experience of my life was? it really was it was crazy i mean yeah. 
it's ruined like Law and Order, everything for me. Like I can't. It's very hard to watch anything like that anymore because like once you've done the real thing. Yeah. But I mean, it was why it was before I started comedy. I was twenty five, and it really like it made me. I was working at mortgages. I hate. I didn't like my job. I was a sales trying to sell mortgages. There were no mortgages to be sold. By the way. Yeah. It was two thousand ten. <laughs> it was over. You would call somebody. And go. Would you like a mortgage? It would be five minutes of them threatening to kill you. Right. Um, and then you. And that wears you down. Yeah. And I was excited to get jury duty. I tried to get it. Like I wanted it. Like I auditioned for it. When I, you know, most people didn't want it. Like I went there and I'm like, I gotta get this. Cause I need an out. Like I gotta, I got, I need a week to just think. Right. Um, thank God there was this brutal murder. And, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, thank God. You talk about convenient. Uh, yeah. You know? yeah. I can't afford a retreat. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. And it then is what it is. If the know? defense attorney sees you as as being like, uh, yeah. Well, she saw me and she was like, she was like, you know, how could you be impartial with the words murder and torture? And then I was like, well, those are just words. I've seen no evidence. And then she looked at the defendant, and the defendant was like, this guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was a defense pick. They right, yeah. me. That's they who you had me, and they went, he'll understand torture. Yeah. <laughs> this guy will get it. He knows you got to do things sometimes. You know, I, I've done jury duty a couple of times, Tim, and, and uh, I found the weirdest part about it is when you're when you're on breaks and you're all in the jury room together, and you can't talk about anything. It's crazy. That's you, have you have to find stuff. You have the stupidest conversations. Yes. You, you'll literally. For hours. We sat there and there was a whole testimony that was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and, and we were literally dying to talk about it. You can't. And they just lock you in this little room. Yeah. And somebody starts showing pictures of their kid or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? And they're like, the other day she walked down the stairs. And you're like, this is yeah. not what we want to be doing right now. Right. We just saw graphic murder yeah, scene photos. Get into this. Yeah. Did you convict the person of murder? We did. He was very, very guilty. You know, yeah. and that's unfortunate. I didn't seem like he was. I didn't pay a huge amount of attention. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? I wasn't like, I, I, I'm not kind of ADD, so yeah, I was yeah. very, I was like in and out of it, but you were working on yourself. Like yeah. he was okay. from, you know, but what I used to do is I'd have little snacks in the jury box. And one time I'd, I dropped the thing of Altoids in the middle of this oh, medical no. examiner was doing this really crazy thing about, he's like, and he stabbed her in each eye and then Altoids all over the floor. <laughs> and I just gave one of these shrugs, like, what are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> and the defendant started laughing hysterically in the middle of this crazy, you know, oh my medical God. examiner being like, this guy stabbed this woman, and, and you know, and then he just went, <laughs> so, no. So, like, Guilty. they took me outside. They're like, please stop eating chips <laughs> in the box. Stop. You know what I mean? Whatever you're doing, stop doing it. I'm <laughs> surprised they yeah. let you. You're not supposed to have food in the jury box, right? It's Long Island, buddy. <laughs> Probably weren't even lawyers. Nassau, like, Nassau County. You know I mean, like my friend's dad, who I used to get drunk with all the time, just came to the jury every day and sat in the in the in the courtroom because you were on the jury. He was just unemployed and drunk, and he's like, "This is a fun story." Oh my so god! So he came every day, and then every night we'd go to bars in Long Island, tell the whole bar, we'd be like, "Here's what happened today." Oh my god! You know, which I think is illegal or something. It's, it's a little illegal. Yeah. Again, whatever. I yeah. mean, listen, wow. he's fine. Everyone's fine. Life plus fifty, I think. But the idea is. <laughs> No, he was guilty. Listen, he was a reality. He was very guilty, yeah. and, uh, you know, he had to go. Wow. And it helped change your life. And it, more importantly. Win-win. More, more importantly, yeah. it led me to do an open mic at the Tattoo Parlor Coffee House in Merrick, Long Island. Oh, really? Where you grew up, called yeah. Wild Child. Wow. And do a lot of really funny bit about uh, the murder. Wow. So... That is, you know, that's what happens, you know? You got to look for it. is, you never know where inspiration it's is true. You never from, know. So you read about a murder in the paper and you think, ah, oh, that's sad. 
Guess what? A clown is born. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, gang. Unfortunately, we got to wrap it up. But Tim's going to be in town all weekend. You can go and see him at Helium Comedy Club tonight, tomorrow, Saturday. There yes. are shows. There's one show at 8 tonight and then 7.30 and 10 o'clock on uh, sat- Friday and Saturday. We're just going to go to heliumcomedy.com to get the tickets. Thank you Dude, so much, guys. Thanks for coming here. Thanks pleasure. So much. Thanks nice to meet you. Me, yeah. for Tim Dillon, guys. We're going to take a break. And as Steve had mentioned, Ike Baron Holtz will be in our studio next. Stay with us. We'll be back in a second. This 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand program returns after a brief word from our sponsors. Do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven Singer Jewelers. You are guaranteed to get the perfect price every day. They make the experience of buying an engagement ring easy with no BS. Check him out at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. Hey, it's Preston. Listen, when I want to relax, you know that I go to Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spas. Whether you want a rejuvenating massage or a refreshing facial, Hand and Stone is the place to go. Introductory massage or facial start at just $59.95. Visit handandstone.com or one of their over 50 locations in the Delaware Valley. Restrictions apply. See spa for details. This is the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Thank you very much, Kath. You know our next guest from shows like The League and The Mindy Project and movies like Suicide Squad and so on and so forth. But now his directorial debut is coming out on the 12th. And he's here in our studio to talk about that and other things. Ladies and gentlemen, Ike Barinholtz. Yeah. Yeah. My old friends. How are you guys? It's been a minute. Do it. Yeah. I talked to you last time on the phone. But yes. I was here a couple years ago. Yeah. Yep. We're glad to have you back in, especially for this project, which is The Oath. Yes, sir. And I saw it. You saw it. And I, I have to say, I so I go in with, and I love this. I love when this happens. I go in with one set of ideas about what I'm going to see. Yep. I don't see that movie. No. I'm thinking, oh, here's the heir apparent to plane trains, and automobiles. It's the girl from Girls Trip and the guy from Blockers. <laughs> it's right. going to be hilarious throughout. <laughs> no. But what it turns out to be is something that reminded me of... High concept seventies movies yes. where you get uncomfortable, yes, and you start thinking, yep. And so what it is, it's it is um, it is Thanksgiving and Black Friday mm-hmm. set against. Uh, there's some political. Um, where uh, listen, it's just like now. There's there's polarized camps and people at each other's throats, yep. and all this is going on. And twenty uh, four hour news cycles out the yin yang. And the family's getting together for Thanksgiving. Yeah. There is a, there is an oath that just is suggested that you you know sign. Um, and it's uh, I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but it, the, the main conceit is family with very differing political opinions getting together for the holidays and screaming at each other and screaming <laughs> at each other. Yes. And so as I'm watching it, I, I'm like. Wow, I I check the news a lot too. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. I, and I'm like, and I'm a I'm a political person. Yeah. I think we, we we probably agree on a lot and differ on some things politically. Sure. And as and as I'm watching it, uh, I, you know, and I'm I'm thinking I'm watching some of the characters and go, wow, it's going to be this kind of thing. And then you start bringing it in on your character as well, and yeah. everyone's getting it. Yeah. And then you start you start getting uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And you're thinking, okay, I'm laughing at this, and, and it, it, I have to say. You sort of bared it all yes. in your approach, and I wonder how difficult was it for you to do that? 
You know, I because you wrote it and directed. I wrote and directed it, and I think the worst version is because personally, in my life, I'm pretty liberal. You know, yeah, there's yeah. some things I'm I'm a little more conservative. On. I bet you, you and I agree on a tremendous amount, you, we, and, and and that is the point. That's the point. Yeah, right. I, I, though I come from the other side, and that is the point of it. And, yeah, and that's what I think is a message that needs to get out. If I made this movie because I'm liberal in real yeah. life, right? If I made this movie, my character, who is the most liberal, was like this great guy who's totally right, and he's got a six pack. That movie sucks, right? <laughs> right. So I really wanted to kind of shine a light on how absurd it is right now and how people are so dug in on their opinions and how we, we kind of let that get in the way of like our family relationships, which is probably bad. Like, but, you got to talk to your family. But you do it through great mechanisms in the movie. And it, and Thanks, it, it sort of brought back like, um, it, had a, it sort of made me feel like the, I remember a movie called Joe. Yeah, with uh, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle yeah, and, a movie, and, and a little bit of The Purge. Yeah, I think I like to think of it as a prequel to the prequel to The Purge. Right. <laughs> Before they said, let's give them a day where they can murder each other. <laughs> let's try this loyalty oath thing and sure. see how that works with the sure. Wonder Balloon. And uh, also, uh, they, they, because it's in a house, yeah. the, 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 the end of Straw Dogs. Yeah, because of Straw Dogs. Where yeah. a man, wow. is, a man is, is sort of, I've got to... Defend my family. Defend my family. Yeah, and it gives you that kind of claustrophobic feeling of like, oh my god, this house is killing me. I'm dying in here. Get me out of this house. But yeah, it's. Uh, I love all those movies. Joe, I haven't thought of Joe. Wow, that's amazing. But you know, it, and and so that's. Um, it's rare that movies do that, yeah. and and I and so to have it happen this way because I'm, I'm I'm we're all massive fans of yours. And to have this come out this way has got to be fulfilling. It's ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's not bad. Which is yeah. not too shabby. I've never gotten an A in my life. <laughs> no, I was like a C minus student, man. This is yeah. huge for my family. <laughs> but you also have, and it was an eye opener. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Plays your wife. She's a young ingenue. I've plucked her from obscurity. <laughs> She's my gift to you. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I, like I was like, okay, Tiffany Haddish, Tiffany Haddish, I, and, and I was enjoying her. But but now I get. The Tiffany Haddish thing because this is this is contrary to what you see her. Yeah, you normally see her on like Ellen, like yeah. dancing and stuff, you right. know. And now you see her in this movie where she's kind of like internally struggling, and she like is so. This is based off my wife, where I was talking about the news so much that yeah. my wife needed like ocular implants because she was rolling them. So Same much. thing with my wife. Same she's thing over, with my she's wife. Over it. Yes. And, and it was like six thirty a.m. one morning, and she was breastfeeding our daughter, and who's twelve, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's not great. It's not a great. That situation. is. That's a long run. It's not great, but yeah. she's healthy. Yeah. So it was okay. like six thirty a.m. and she's breastfeeding, and I'm reading like an article about something's going on in the news and I turned to my wife and I was like, America's lost. And she's like, dude, it's 6.30 a.m. I have a kid on my boob. What are you doing? Too much, too heavy. Right. So Tiffany's kind of playing that. And I think to see Tiffany Haddish and that that energy where she's kind of like internalizing everything is kind of fun. And then you get her when she explodes and you get that fun Tiffany Haddish we know I love. She has a great line to hear. You're going off. Finally, it, it, it explodes during the meal and I don't want to give what she says. You're you're acting like the white Nelson Mandela, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it, but it's it, it's true. Like you, you know, you 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 end up doing this. And I think. Well, I would say to to people who are fearing um, their these this meal this year, yes, you may want to go see this because it, it it does sort of re put into perspective what is important. It's basically a reaffirmation of your family yes. and not missing moments and yes. and and not not burning your life off wound up about this crap. No, all this stuff, man, You these giant external forces, we don't have that much control over. We can vote, yeah. right? We can vote. Everyone's got to vote. Right. But you can't let that get in the way of things that you love. Not just your family, but also like sports and like working out and like eating a good meal and watching a TV show or a movie. Hanging with friends. Hanging with your friends. Yeah. Like, like, like you have to kind of try our best to kind of, you know, get to that place where we're still keeping in contact it's with a, people. It's a good message. Oh, well, brother, thank you. And that... 
speaks to the the power of social media and the, the positives because I go back and forth, especially on Twitter a lot. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be such a negative and you can fall down that hole really yes. easily and feel terrible about the world. Yeah. Um, but I, I said this to you before we went on air. I love your love for Mindy Kaling and yeah. her love in return for you on Twitter. And that type of thing happens all the time on social media too. So if you can focus... On the positive, yeah, it does exist. Yeah, don't go down that wormhole. It's I hard love, not to. I love trolling her on social media. <laughs> it's it so much. She'll, like, she'll post an Instagram of her at, like the Met Ball, you know, in like some like twenty five million dollar dress, right? Yeah, and I'll write back like, "How could you not take me? I'm in the car outside your apartment. This is you're you're a terrible friend." <laughs> no, it's 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 great, and and you know, but it's it's it, to that point. Like I, I posted something on Twitter a, a while talking about the the wonder of the mute button. Yeah. I love you. I don't want to I just hear can't this. Hear you right now. I, I can't hear you right now. So, but that's okay. And you didn't even know. T- you didn't even know that I, I can't hear we you. We need right one now. of those in real life. Hey, we do. We yeah, do need a mute button in real life. So, yeah. so are you? Are you, you? So, as you go around to promote the movie and everything, and, and this is the ultimate for a filmmaker and a, and a writer and taking getting behind the camera. Yeah. What's it like to have your first effort like this out of the gate get this kind of response? It's been amazing. I mean, like, like you know, the last year, it's basically been like 50 people have watched it. Yeah. And now that I'm showing it to America, we went all throughout Texas and all down through the South and San Francisco and D.C. We had a great screening last night. Chris Long of the uh, Super Bowl champion Philadelphia oh, nice. Eagles Very cool. was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so are you, like, friends with him now? Like, is he in your cell phone? Is or? he my best friend? No. <laughs> okay. Is he my top three? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, he that is. And quickly. Him, Kyle, him and Howie are my top three. <laughs> so, you know. But it's been great. And, and the best part, ha- you know, is people with the relatability coming up. And, and not just people who are kind of on my side of the aisle. I had a lady in Texas come up and she was like, I was laughing a lot. I like that you made fun of liberals. She worked for the governor of Texas. Who's yeah. Like the most red guy in the world. So to kind of have people come up and be like, I got like a catharsis out of it. Like I'm laughing at a family exploding, and it's not my family. That's the best part. Yeah, and so and and those those are the kind of things. Again, uh, to have an experience where you're uh, stick with it. If you go in and you're like ten minutes, oh, this is BS. Hang in there. Oh yeah, you, you, everyone gets theirs. It gets crazy, and it gets too. to the right message, yeah. which is that at the end. All the well, I don't want to give away the end. Let's just say you will be satisfied. Yes, you know, you will and, be satisfied. And, that, and it's 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 a good message in a in a very bizarre and protracted way. And you'll laugh and you'll get scared. You get like I think when you, it's a lot to ask people to go to a movie theater in 2018. Yeah, but the two kinds of movies I think are best in theaters are comedies and like thrillers because you kind of feed off the laughs and the tension. I think we kind of do a little bit of both. So with like Get Out was the last yes. movie that caught you. I think sucker punched you, and oh. you're like, oh, put, put put a genre on its ear. Yeah, and and uh, and it's it's great when stuff like that happens. And and now we live in a time with such a wealth of material that's out there and so many distractions. To have something cut through the the noise. Yeah. And you need, you need, it's almost inciting people to be in a, more creative than ever. I think so. And look, I still love going to see like, you know, big, you know, super, like Deadpool 2 and stuff. That's oh, great. We love awesome. that stuff. But we also need to start telling stories, I think, that are kind of reflective as to what's going on because it is so absurd what's happening right now. Yeah, We're yeah. living in the craziest time in America, at least in my lifetime. Why not tell some stories about it? Well, movies take quite a while to write and yeah. obviously to put together and, and, and put get them onto the screen. Uh, how long ago did you have this inspiration? I mean, this is, you know, this had to have been bubbling for a little while. Yeah, it happened right after the Thanksgiving, after the 2016 election. No kidding. After dinner, after yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, my mom and my brother and I, listen, we were hammered. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you guys. We were hammered and we started fighting and yelling at each other. And it's, like, it's your fault. And the next morning, I was like, oh, my God, we're all on the same side. Yeah. Like, we were fighting. What yeah. the hell's going on at other tables? And then yeah. as I started talking to friends of mine who were going home around the country and talking to some of my relatives in Ohio, I just 
knew that the American holiday table, the landscape of that, was changed forever. And there was a lot of pain there. There's a lot of funny stuff there, too, man. Like, there is. People are actually crazy. So I really just kind of wanted to take that whole kind of arena and blow it up. Well, the old edict used to be, and it was one that held pretty steadfastly. Don't talk politics at the table. That's it. You can't do that now because it's permeated. Like, you you used to be able to be like, we're not talking politics. Let's just talk about football. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Not happening anymore. And you're sitting there and you're getting getting your alerts on your freaking phone. And your wife is like, Um, no. Oh. See, see, years ago, I used to be able to, at the dinner table, just throw gas onto the fire and then walk out of the room and just let it burn, right? right. You can't even do no. that anymore. No, you can't. Like, if you're able to get through the holidays and it doesn't come up at all, you're yeah. a very disciplined family. So you- and I don't know from that. Are you doing Thanksgiving in the Chicago area? No, we actually do it out in L.A. only because my brother lives out there. So my folks come out. We have some folks from Chicago. We have a lot of sausage. A lot of sausage. <laughs> dinner and, and alcohol. And, yes. uh, but then we come out there and we do a big uh, Thanksgiving out there. So are you able, do you think, around the table to, to keep it... Uh... We'll see. <laughs> it depends on how, how many drinks that. We also have legal weed in L.A., which there calms you, go. you down. It's really good. Are your yeah. parents doing that? I mean, that's got to be weird if they are. Uh, uh, listen, Dad is an attorney, so I, I, I you know, this. No, we're, yeah. we're off the air, right? We're yeah. Off, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, he loves it. He loves it. <laughs> He's the best. He, I took him to a, uh, my brother took him to a, a weed store. <laughs> like, really? He grew up in the 60s in Chicago, yeah. and he walks in, there's bud tenders now who are like, hello, are you looking for an indica or something? My dad almost started crying tears of joy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the delivery. Oh, wow. Man. So um, you have a great cast. You have Tiffany Haddish, John yes. Cho, Carrie Brownstein yeah. from uh, Portlandia. Oh, she's freaking awesome. She's my sister. She's playing against, I think, type. You yeah. know, from playing so many characters. Yeah. Um, and uh, Nora Dunn. Nora Dunn. Yeah. She's my mom. So how did you, so was this everyone like uh, calling in favors or? You know what? Honestly, like a couple of the people I knew, I mean, Tiffany Haddish, I said to her, I go, I I, I just saw you in this movie Keanu and you're amazing and yeah. it's so great to meet you. She's like, we were in Meet the Spartans together in 2006. You don't even remember that. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh seriously? Man. Yeah, but we went and we didn't work together. But, uh, but I, you know, uh, 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 like John Cho and Tiffany and Carrie, I think they kind of read the script and they were like. I haven't seen this movie yet. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's you know, it's it's something that's happening right now and they just kinda jumped on board because it was they were not doing it for the money, that's for sure. Right. And uh but yeah, they just kinda jumped on and I kept expecting like Tiffany to like be like, Yo, uh I'm a Sith Lord of the new Star Wars. I just got I can't do this now. <laughs> but right. she, she showed up in a big way, man. Wow. Yeah. All right. So obviously you want as many people as you can to go see this film. Do you think though it's uh it would be good to take your your adversary, your your political adversary, with you to go see this 100%, movie. One hundred percent. Okay, because we we really are like the, the only good satire is if you can make fun of yourself, yeah. right? So if you bring an adversary, and I've I've been seeing this kind of firsthand. I saw a married couple in Dallas who they're completely opposite sides of the aisle, and they're laughing about it. And the message is like you were saying, the message is like commonality and trying to find those things we have in common and keep those relationships intact. So yeah. absolutely, because because it it does it, eventually it is a reaffirmation. Of, of your family. Yeah. And you have a, a, a great little moment with your dad. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's, and you are 
opposites uh, politically. By the way, his is attempting to use the TV remote is hilarious. That is based off my dad, who, yeah. who is, is 67 years old and has never once used the TV remote properly, <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. But I think, you know, like it is. Look, like, America's bigger than a president. And it it's is. bigger than a government. And if we cut all these tethers to our family, when the tides change, you're, you're going to be lonely. Okay, yes. so I haven't seen it, but I'm going off of what Steve has told me about it. And Steve, would you characterize a uh, type of... of yeah, violent, Ooh, violent, violent Capra would Capra. be very good. Yeah. It's a good band yeah. name. Hang on. If Van- violent Capra. We are Violent Capra. <laughs> the movie we called It's Not As Wonderful As We Thought. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still wonderful. We got it, yeah. yeah you got that. My bad. I got, yeah. uh, you know what I'm always surprised at, like, is um, the guys at South Park, their ability to do this. And they've been doing it for 21 years. And like, yeah. they, they can take comedy and social commentary and and play it on both sides and make fun of themselves and yeah. make fun of everybody. And when you make fun of everyone, you're kind of making fun of nobody. But yeah. but not exactly. I mean, you're still getting comedy and you're still getting satire in. Um, but if you offend everybody, you're not offending anyone. Yeah. First of all, I can't believe that I first saw Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh 21 years ago. Right. Yeah. Insane. Uh-huh. That I is know. crazy. Yeah. yeah, but that's so true. And I think that's something like, you know, Chicagoans, Phil, my friends from Philly, too. We like to make fun of people, but we really like when people make fun of us. Yeah. You know that's, what I mean? It's that self-abuse a it's little bit. Right. And if you can't laugh at yourself and you take yourself way too seriously, which I think a lot of people do right now, uh, I, I just think it's not fun. And it's not really representative of who we are as Americans. It's and you have been responsible for so many laughs and and from you know obviously um, uh, uh, Central Intelligence yeah. and, and uh, which okay so you, you your 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 bankability as a scriptwriter and 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 that is us on display and you, you know Hollywood looks at you at that now that they see success as a director and writer does. Is it classic floodgates opening, or are you still waiting for, uh, or are you anticipating a, an onslaught of offers and projects? If I don't get uh, an offer to direct the next Star Wars film, <laughs> tonight, tonight at 7 p.m., the whole project was a wash, and I'm a failure. So, um, George Lucas, if you hear this, give me a call. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I do. I, I do hope to. You know, yeah. uh, you know. The great thing is, is, is we made this movie independently. Yeah, uh, it's the same producers who made Get Out and okay. made Black Klansman and whatnot. So they really gave me a lot of control and telling my story without a filter. And I think if I can keep doing that. That is really where it's at. If you can kind of just tell these weird new stories. It's, just it's just okay. to uh, reset real quick, Ike Barinholtz is here if you're just tuning in. And uh, I want to make sure I get this right, but uh, the, the movie Oath, The Oath, uh, is October 19th in Philadelphia. Yes. Is when that's coming up. But you also have a, um, a TV series, uh, Bless the Hearts. Oh, yes. Is yeah. that happening? It's a, yeah, it's an animated show at Fox with me and uh, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph oh, and Jillian Bell. Yeah, wow. it's Stellar. Really, yeah, good cast, man. Yeah, it's a yeah. really funny show. It's about like a Southern family falling apart. <laughs> it's, it's all family here. stuff. It's all family. Well, guess what? I'm a dad now, so all I care about it. I'm, I'm like Paul Reiser. <laughs> <laughs> I just do family stuff now. Yeah. Well, you, is Greg Epigan working? You can get him. Greg <laughs> I, I'm not BJ, but I am the bear. Okay. <laughs> Quick question, though, about, about the, because uh, I'm fascinated by the directing aspect of it. Uh, you would think, okay, directing in a house is uh, it's got to be easier, but I think it presents a whole other set of, oh, yeah. um, of problems because you need to keep it interesting. Yeah, if the viewers get visually bored, you're in trouble. Yeah. So what we kind of did with this is, is you know, the beginning, the first half of the movie, which is really more about the family hanging out. Like the the physical look of the film is different. It's like big wide frames and right. vibrant colors, and people are entering and moving out and stuff. And then by the end of the movie, we're really tight, and you know, like it takes that dark orange color and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of making sure the actual look of the movie kind of 
of moves along with the tone and the story and stuff. That's cool. Right, wow. Well, job well done. Thank Congratulations. You, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, like you were saying, great movie, Steve. You loved it. I really... I, this is a movie that if you if you are looking to kind of just... If you want to say to people, can we calm down for Thanksgiving, take them to see this. Yes, this is it. Yeah, Dude, I, I it might this, be good. Honestly, I hope this fixes things. It <laughs> probably won't. It won't. But no. that would be but awesome. It, it will get us through the holiday, and that's all we can do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> One holiday at a time. Right and it's on to Arbor Day. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, so The Oath is in uh, theaters, or it's released here in Philadelphia on the 19th. Make sure you check it out. It's great to see you. Ike. Guys, thanks, thanks so much for having me back. Ike Bernholtz, guys. Yeah. We're going to break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. 2018, MMR celebrates 50 years rockin' Philly. Keep listening for special birthday events and special programming from our long, strange trip together. Every hour this weekend, we highlight 1999. MMR turned 31. It was the year we were introduced to SpongeBob SquarePants and The Sopranos on TV. So what, no f***ing eating now? Online, we were waiting for the dial-up to connect while worrying about Y2K. Goodbye. American Pie, Austin Powers, and The Matrix had the box office buzzing. At MMR, the DJs had new music from these bands. Foo Fighters, Blink-182, Chili Peppers, Nine Inch Nails, Creed, Incubus, Limp Bizkit, Chris Cornell, G-Love and Special Sauce, Collective Soul, and so many more from 1999. Listen all weekend as we highlight another page from our scrapbook of shared musical memories. Sponsored by Benari Jewelers, an extra in a new town square. 93.3 WMMR, everything that's rocked Philly for 50 amazing years. Thank you, Kathy. So our next guest is going to be at Punchline tonight, tomorrow, Saturday. There's a variety of show times. Uh, one show tonight at 8 and then uh, two on uh, Friday and Saturday at 7.30 and 9.45. So we are happy to welcome to our studio uh, Moshe Kasher. Yeah. Today. Thrilled to be here. Happy to have you, sir. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. Hey, um... Uh, obviously, you're doing the uh, the shows here in Philly, but I saw real quick and just some uh, things coming up uh, on your plate. You're, you're going to be on uh, The Good Place? I was just on The Good Place. You were place. just on The Good Place. It's a great yeah. show. My it's kids really good. Love, my daughter loves that show. Yeah, I played like a kind of hipster douchebag character. So it's like, <laughs> as an actor, sometimes you got to really go deep into a role. <laughs> you got to kind of stretch. It was diff- that one totally was difficult. A, a total departure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was tough, actually. <laughs> that show came out of left field, and I was it, 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 here, it seemed to be one of those, okay, here's a high concept that they're not going to get high enough to make happen. And they they did, and and uh, and the, the cast is really good, and it's it's just it's uh, it's on point. We were in uh, California, we went to Universal Studios last year, took my family there, and we were uh, we got onto the set of the Good Place, and it is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it's oh like, yeah, yeah. You're like I want I want to live here. Looks like yeah. heaven. It's yeah. beautiful. No, those guys are, the, are they're the best. Yeah. I know that whole writing staff too, and they're they're just like some of the best in the business. I, I've worked with a lot of those guys before, and okay, they're very talented people. Yeah, yeah very cool. Yeah, so and also their casting department is really on point. In terms <laughs> specifically, about they know people. they know the right person. That's right for the right for the right job. I guess if you don't really know how you look or how you're perceived in this world, if you're an actor, just go to a a casting call. Oh, it's un- it's and unreal. You just no, look around just, the room, you're like, oh, that's... No, the last 10 years yeah. of my life is just Jew, gay Jew, nerd Jew, nerdy gay Jew. I mean, everything. You get a real There's clear picture. There's one consistent there, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's a lot of Jew happening. Yeah. My wife's very upset about all the uh, the gay casting that I've been offered, but uh, I'm pretty happy. Uh, your wife, Natasha Leggero, who we know as well. You yes, love indeed. her. Uh, yeah. I also love her. Well, I like her. You, you love her. Towards love. You're you're com- her. It's a more complex love, though. That's right. It's, it's right. Ours is more an adoration. Uh, 
yeah. No, I want to actually take my relationship with this show to the wife level, if that's a possibility. Uh, sure. If anybody, I don't know what I, kind of show you guys run listen, here. We have food. We have, we have uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. We have yeah. the makings of a good first date. So <laughs> right. let's, let's try it. Uh, Casey said you were chatting with uh, Ike Barinholtz out in the green room. You guys worked together on the league or? Uh, yeah, we did the league together. And we're also just, you know, the comedy scene is very yeah. small. And, yeah. and, uh, and so I told him uh, when he came out, I was like, wow. You went a little long on the last segment. I, I needed to get in there. I know you got a movie or whatever going on, but I got to get to bed. I did a red eye last night. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, so, you know, doing some research on you, and I mean, I'm certainly aware of you. Uh, I, I had not realized that that um, you know they keep referring to you as as in a lot of the articles as a monologist and you, the monologues that you used to do, which to me is is, is that correct or is that just people don't understand what stand up is or. Oh, I mean, well, a monologist. I've not heard that yeah, before. But I. I guess they should just say pretentious. And we could get, uh, <laughs> it no, seemed uh, that way. I'm like, I'm like, really? Really? Because I consider myself a humorist first, a okay. monologist second, <laughs> and a stand-up comedian third, and then a gay nerd Jew fourth, I think. <laughs> I, I thought so. I thought, am I, is it just me? Am I, am I No, the oh. truth is that before I did stand-up, I was, uh, I was this, uh, well, I, I wrote a monologue that got published, and it was, if you can, you can find it. It's in a book called More Monologues by Men for Men, Volume 2. <laughs> and uh, it is the most over-the-top, like, extremely dramatic. So much so that when I turned the, mo- the monologue into the publisher, he wrote me back. He's like, this is really good. I do need to ask you, are you personally okay? I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> so the things that I, we always mock are, are the, the street poets. The, oh, uh, sure. And, and that are, it's just like... A real? A, can you calm down? Was it was it that hyperbolic or was it that? Well, it, it's was just it that very disturbing? serious. This oh, was pre comedy, and this was pre. This was. I, I was definitely taking myself a little too. I, I mean, it's good. I like it, but it was. I was young. I was it, young. It, it, it's weird to to look at earlier stuff that you've done, or right. It's you know, uh, Jim Florentine released a whole. album. He's also a monologist, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was all. It was him reading from his old notes about stand up, his old jokes, and it it literally is him. He'd read something and you hear him go, God. Because <laughs> you just can't believe how how, how bad it is. But, there is nothing worse yeah. than the disappointment in your former self. <laughs> <laughs> then, oh. Except, I guess, disappointment in your, your current, current self. self. Yeah. yeah, so I had uh, had to clean out some stuff in my basement. And I had come across all of my old college notebooks and papers and stuff like that. And I was so embarrassed and I, I threw them all away. I was like, there's no way I ever want to see this again. I, I don't know who that person was. I'm embarrassed about well, it. The joke's on you because we brought that stuff. We actually have it right here in the studio. Bring it on in. And it's actually being emailed out around the world. The, the presidential advisory system is here's getting a po- out. Here's yeah. a poem you called, you wrote called My Love for Preston. I don't know how he knew. I don't know how he knew, but he knew. He no, knew. but I had a professor that I had long hated and despised, and I thought she was a real uh, pain in the ass. Oh, here it and, is now. <laughs> there it is now. No. See the mold that I had in college because it's gotten so much bigger yes, post-college. Of course. Uh, but what I had come to the realization when I was going over these notes is that she wasn't the problem. I was. But the professor wasn't the problem. Yeah, no, I was the problem. And, and, I, and I was like, oh, my God. Because now I have interns that are that, are that age, and, and I expect more of them because they're adults, and I look at them as adults and uh, all that sort so of thing. So this is like a roundabout way of saying that your interns are insufferable. Is that right? <laughs> it's yeah, basically yeah. a criticism yeah. of the support team. I, I want to go to some of the stuff here because you never know whether this stuff is, is valid or it's just, you know, it's hard to discern 
what is real or not. But so we know that you, both your parents were deaf, correct? That is true. All right. Yeah. And so you 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 uh, you worked as a sign language interpreter when you were seventeen. I yeah, I started when I was seventeen as a okay. sign language interpreter. My first boss was a blind deaf woman who what? would she interviewed me by putting her hands on my hands and I would sign into her hands and then she would discern my skill level, which was a trip. Whoa. That's amazing. Yeah, it was wild. And then very quickly after that, she went on a vacation to Hawaii, which not to be insensitive, I just always thought, what an interesting, uh-huh. what, what What do you, what's going on in what Hawaii? You, you don't yeah. want to seem insensitive, but it, it does raise questions. Yeah, and what also it raises business plans, which is a travel agency for the blind and deaf, which is just, you just, uh, you know, you put people in a van for six hours, put a lay on top of them, let them smell it and be like, you're in Hawaii, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was actually pretty awesome she was a very impressive woman she would she interviewed me at, and exactly knew how good i was or wasn't my first job was in a welding class which shows you about how good i was because i just sat around well actual but you did, know, tough does, people did welding doesn't wow. it make you feel sta- when i see people like that who, who can deal with that you just i feel so a failure like how <laughs> how have you gone above and beyond that to 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 and, and and excel at what you do. It's an astonishing thing. So so we, your your parents um, they they meditate. Was it a, 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 a sports event or? Yeah, my uh, my mother was the first deaf NFL player, and uh, <laughs> it's a joke, everybody. The first that, that silence. I did not NFL. like the silence for that. You guys are like, yeah, wow. I'm like, wow. I honor <laughs> her. That is beautiful. You can't laugh because it could very well be a league, and <laughs> you've just offended people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, yeah, they. I think they met at something, some weird thing like a deaf Olympic game. Uh, like you know that there's a sort of the deaf Olympics. But by the way, speaking of the NFL, do you know the deaf people invented the huddle? That is true. Do you know no. about this? This All is right. true. I think it's true. I, right. I mean, look, I, you'll take a look at me. I'm not quite the, the football uh, historian <laughs> that you might think I am, based on looks alone. Right. But what I heard, I that was that Gallaudet and the other deaf schools they would play against the high school deaf high schools would play against each other, and because they all communicated in sign language, it necessitated them huddling up so that they no. could sign to one another. That's interesting. So that nobody I, could, let's could go with that as see. fact. I yeah. wanna, we'll go with that as fact. So the other team couldn't see them signing. Exactly. Wow. And then it became a tradition within football and then that's oh. how I eventually got my start as a linebacker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so let's let's go through 2012 memoir. Uh, Casher in the Rye, a true tale of a white boy from Oakland who became a drug addict, criminal, mental patient, and then turned 16. Yeah. All of that true? Yeah, it's all, all true. Right, okay. I, I did turn 16. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I had a wild, I had a wild little life. I was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an Oakland, California kid, so we kind of like everybody, everybody in Oakland uh, kind of uh, aspired to be a criminal, and I, okay. I, I figured out how to do it. Move from from man. what New York or, or where where? Yeah, I was born in Queens. I had a, I had my my dad and my mom split when I was like one, and he he like jumped in into Hasidic Judaism, and my mom jumped into uh, Oakland, and so I was raised in <laughs> Those are two, two di- various well, they're both black and white dichotomies, you know yes, what I mean? Yeah, one wears yeah. black and white, and one interacts black and white. And uh, <laughs> and I, I, I literally was raised in Oakland secular, but six weeks a year, I this is this is true, I would fly to New York, and I would put on a, like a Hasidic Jewish costume, really? and I would pretend to be a Hasidic Jew for six weeks, which is very difficult, because yeah. everybody in my neighborhood, literally, this is true, they all spoke Yiddish as the first language. In fact, I have... It's hard to fake that. Oh, well, yeah, that yeah. very different. They would just, they would greet me and I would just answer. I didn't know Yiddish. I would just answer back like, and <laughs> hope that nobody noticed I wasn't using actual language. <laughs> no, no, you don't do it. That's only for me, okay? okay? <laughs> there are rules here. Okay, all right. <laughs> but it's true. I have family. I have cousins who have Eastern European accents 
and they're third generation American or second generation American, their parents don't have accents That's because wild. because their 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 grandparents were the immigrants. Yeah, right? yeah. And so immigrants are always like, okay, let's not make any any waves. Let's be under the radar. So they would they would say to their kids, you know, be American. But then by the time my uh, my uncle uh, got to the age, you know, as he was growing up, then there was more confidence in that community so and re- re- embracing it. Yeah. So then he would teach his kids, oh, wow. just speak Yiddish. So he speaks totally like an American with an American accent. But my cousin. Uh, would just you know, straight up would sound like a uh, like an East German kid. Wow. That's that, wild. That cousin once uh, he 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 sort of cornered me one day and he was like, "I have a secret I have to tell you." Because he looked at me. They all looked at us. Me and my brother as like the the kind of portal to the outside world. You know what I mean? I mean these are kids who are you know they they live in New York and they maybe don't know who the Yankees are. Like straight up. I mean they're <laughs> oh so inundated. Sure. So I mean it can happen though. This isn't like a guy in a yarmulke. This yeah. is like a guy with a fiddle that doesn't speak English. Who, okay, so he cornered me. and Goes, I got a secret to tell you. And I was like, okay, what's up? He's like, it's a big secret. I'm like, okay, you're gay. What's up? Tell me. It's okay. I'll accept you. I'll let him accept you. He goes, I've always wanted to be. I go, what, what, date man, date man? He goes, a lawyer. That was his big, big part secret. He wanted to be a Jewish lawyer? He wanted to be a lawyer. A Jew, a Jew wanting to be a lawyer was somehow a secret so shameful that he could only tell the you know the, oh the guy who had left the faith behind. So. It, it would have rocked the industry. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. The lack thereof. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. So, so uh, kicked out of four high schools? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Now, what? What, what, what precipitated? What, what caused that? Well, I had a lot of different things because that, we see, and then you understand, you know, you're, you, we see you as this. Uh, see me as what exactly? <laughs> I gave you. I gave you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little quick on the draw there, dude. It's called self-deprecation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't see you as, um, you know, a as troublemaker. Uh, yeah, you troublemaker, look mild yeah. mannered. Yeah, oh, yes. that, fair enough. Okay, look, I've done a lot of healing, and okay. uh, yeah, this well, is some good. this is some therapeutic suggestions that I've been given. The, the glasses, and no, I was like a wannabe kid. You know what oh. I mean? I mean, okay. I was like a kid that was like in, an, in a deep identity crisis. I don't want to get too far into the details of what it was, but I will say that in my hair at various points, I used Let's Jam, uh, <laughs> and I also used Three Flowers. So that's wow. two different, two different this things. This is two different race-based hair sure, products. Right. that I would, And I had like a comb in my pocket. I was like, you know what I mean? That I would always be like Ever co- use combing oh, as I, you know what I mean? We like, all had goody combs in our pockets. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and you have like that sheen of like sort of gross detritus that would collect yes that's yeah that was what i call my gangster grease <laughs> it's funny though it's funny though to think because obviously here you are and and and, and but you to go through that and to come out on this side is it's it's uh, diametrically opposite of that of of the the high school it's encouraging rough it's encouraging well, well nick has a question yeah. <laughs> if, if you were the, the wannabe bad boy were you were you the follower in these uh, gangs or like would you be the the impetus for getting people into trouble or were you the guy who got in trouble after somebody else did oh no i was definitely the i was the guy that was always getting in trouble they had they, my friends had this ability to manipulate my ego uh, uh by telling me what uh, what a great uh shoplifter i was they, they, they would always go like, you're dog you're the best like you there's something about your skills your hand and it, so then i would always be the one going and stealing the bottle of, of booze is that you too <laughs> it's yeah. so embarrassing it's awful i remember i got the one of the only times i got caught uh, shoplifting because i was actually very good uh <laughs> i had a bottle of bailey's irish cream <laughs> lick why that of bailey's, all, that's of not course. even a party and that can't even really entertain yeah. more than two people no. and i got caught and the this big hulking security guard 
he had me in his arms, and it was really just really nice to kind of sink in there. No, and he, he turned me towards my friends who are sort of leaving, and he yeah. just goes, look at your friends. Look at what they're doing. They're just leaving you. And I'm like, well, what are they supposed to do? Hang around and hope that we crack open the Bailey's? Yeah. Of course they're going to bowl. Did yeah. they not give you a list of stealable liquors? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to make cream de uh, crickets later on. That's right. I got recruited to steal fishing gear. Hilarious. So, uh, yeah, and, it, and I was good at it as well, and but one time I literally had a rod down my pants and up through oh, my I've shirt. Oh, I've been through having a rod down your pants. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's funny, though. I, I Shoplifting, I remember as a kid, I, I, have no, I have no ability. Like, for example, waiting online and security at the airport, I still get nervous. And I'm doing nothing. I've never... There's nothing. You just have but to pretend you, you, like you're not doing anything wrong. And that's, that's right. essentially it. I I, I yeah. walked into a store one time. I put a hat on and I left with it on my head. Just waiting for somebody to stop me. And nothing. No, not we had some person. tricks. We had. I was on food stamps growing up. Jews on welfare. Very rare. Very, very rare. <laughs> if you can catch me, I'll grant you a wish, but I'm very tricky. <laughs> but we would, it's like a unicorn. <laughs> that's exactly right. We would we would want we wanted cigarettes, and yeah. so we our trick was you couldn't buy food stamps cigarettes, and we didn't want to outright uh, shoplift. Sometimes we would just steal them directly, but what we'd do is we'd grab two packs of cigarettes, Newports, of course, you know who I was, <laughs> and we would throw them into uh, uh, bags of ground coffee, fill the coffee up, and then go up to the front ah. and buy what, what, what these people thought. Four kids walking up with food stamps, buying one pound of coffee. What we were up to at like 10 p.m. I don't know, right. but then that's how we would get our cigarettes. Well, that's know. wild. They used to put the cigarettes right on the rack in front that's of the right. register, which was so easy to steal. I mean, yep. that's how I ended up, you know, with Capri cigarettes. It's you know, I did the same with Carlton's. That's what I, I got. Yep. Remember Carlton's? Those were the healthy yeah. cigarettes. The healthy. <laughs> Doctors would recommend that. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's too funny. Um, well, go ahead, Preston. No, you go ahead. I'm I was going to say, uh, you know, speaking... I'll take over. Let me just right, do this. So it. we're tuned in now to Moshe Cash, or a, a masculine man, a special man. No, what was your question? Go ahead. It's not really a question. It's more of a, a, a comment about your act because, uh, you know... Oh, okay. Uh, this should be fun. Yeah, no, <laughs> no uh, it's it's not what I expected. It's filthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What did you expect? I, well, I'm a monologist. <laughs> no, but you're, you're, I mean, uh, you're, I hate to judge a book by its cover, but you know, you, you look at the cover and you think it's going to be a, a monologue or, or something like that. But no, it was, and I loved it. I, oh, you know, thank you I very love, much. Uh, and it's, but it's not entirely blue comedy. It's it's smart as well. I describe my comedy as highbrow, lowbrow. I talk about stupid things smartly and smart things stupidly. That's I that, like that. That's we my endeavor sweet spot. to do that, but yeah. we fail. Yeah, 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 no. yeah, I've yeah. been listening. I think you guys do a great job. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I say to every single radio show I go to. <laughs> Thanks for, for that reciprocal comment. <laughs> no, I, I, that that is true. I, I like. I, I've never been a fan of the concept that vulgarity is somehow uh, a, a, a negative or a less than. I that think you're vul- phoning it. No, no, no. Vulgarity is 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 as good as cl- cleanliness, and everything is good. You know, Doug Stanhope is amazing, and so is Jerry Seinfeld. That's that's my that, belief. It, 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 the ultimate result is if you are pleasing the audience, you're getting a laugh. I I, I contend that the you know Gilbert. Godfrey's telling of the aristocrat oh, yeah. joke is 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 a, is a science. Oh, nothing itself. better. Yeah. No, vulgarity's not for everybody. I was yeah. once I once did a college. Uh, you, you get these college gigs from your agent. You don't know, but college gigs.
these are great gigs because they pay really well. I mean, you're going to say yes to every one of them, but you never know what school you're going to. And I was pulling around a corner in the cab, and I saw this gigantic cross, and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a Jesuit school with, I mean, ma- and literally in the middle of my of my act, and the kids are obviously loving it because they're you know it's transgressive and they're enjoying this sort of filth. Uh, <laughs> and this Jesuit priest stands up with, and I'm talk, I'm not talking like classic, you know, uh, yeah. exorcist outfit. I'm talking like old school papal like gown situation. Wow, wow. He's wearing a, like the the priest dress, and he just yeah. goes, "This is vulgar and it's terrible, and and you're beneath this, or, or you're above this, or I'm beneath <laughs> this. I don't know what it was exactly." And we, and this, so I had to fight. Now I'm in a I'm in a pickle. What am I supposed to do? Like tell this like padre, like you yeah. know. You know, get banned. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to do exactly. Yeah. I'm already nervous as a Jew that I'm even here. You right, know? Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say get banned, but then I realized I was on the radio. So <laughs> fill in the, yeah. fill in the gaps. No, we got so, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was, so we ended up having, and then he comes up to me, of course, and he wants to shake my hand. And uh, I can't touch a priest as a Jew. I'll just evaporate. So, <laughs> you know. it, is, it is weird, but sometimes from the left field, an audience you think is going to be horrific turns out to be, because I, I played. When I did stand up at Fordham University, then the entire audience was Jesuit priests, uh-huh. and it was did they love uh, it. They were great. Yeah, right. they were awesome. I mean, I wasn't doing hardcore stuff, but I was doing questionable stuff. And uh, yeah, you just never know. Yeah, you well, know, yeah. Well, Salt Lake as City, as a monologist, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. Salt Lake City is famously like a great comedy town, and it's really like, because people are there, like you know, scratching, like just come on, say something <laughs> please. disgusting, it's please. Foot- <laughs> the Footloose syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's footloose. You that's were right. right. I come into town. I go. We can laugh again, everybody. Oh man. <laughs> uh, have you played Philly before? You've been in. I town? have. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. I did uh, on the honeymoon tour. The, we, the, my wife and I did leading up to this. We played at the Trocadero. Cool. And then a long time ago, there was a, a, a cool little bar called. Like, oh, I don't know, some weird bar with a. I remember there's like a, a a crystal ball somehow in the in the room. It was, anyway, and now now the Philly punchline. No, it's great. We we have a good comedy scene in Philadelphia now, and it's uh, it, you know it's it, it's cool because I think you know, people. People love it. They love to laugh, especially now. So yeah, it's a good yeah, thing. For sure. Uh, Moshe will be at Punchline tonight. There's a show you can get tickets to. Uh, it's at 8 p.m. And then there's two shows tomorrow and Saturday, 730 and 945. So you can get those at uh, punchlinephilly.com. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you very much. Nice and if I could you. begin my monologue by saying <laughs> I was born to two deaf parents. Uh, thank you very much for having yeah, thank me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Moshe, guys. Yeah. It's from Moshe Kasher on the program. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Make sure you stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Foo Fighters. Allison Chains. Godsmack. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. We've, we've had so many guests today, we've been uh, skipping some of our stuff, so we're going to do not only the B-Foul here, but we'll do the uh, trash and music news as well. So let's get into that now. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, got some, actually some animal stories here. Animals? Yeah, we'll start with this. Uh, an, an army soldier out hunting with a partner in Alaska on Saturday was critically injured by a bear that fell on him. The bear fell on him? Yeah, they had shot the bear. Oh. And the bear fell on him. William McCormick. I don't feel so good. And uh, Zachary Tennyson were hunting above Crater uh, Carter Lake. Uh, Trooper said McCormick and Tennyson shot a bear that was above them on a ridge. 
The bear rolled down a slope and dislodged rocks in the process. McCormick was injured by both a falling rock and the bear. So this guy I'm gets... not going to say I'm upset about this. Right. Uh, troopers with the and uh, fire department showed up and they responded to the scene. McCormick was initially carried by an ambulance and later flown to medical center, a medical center in Anchorage. So this is near Seward. This is actually where a lot of the cruise ships depart from. I know it well. Uh, his injuries were reportedly life-threatening. Uh, McCormick and ten- maybe the bear was on his way to take a cruise. going to go see Glacier Bay. Yeah. Uh, McCormick and Tennyson are soldiers that live on Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson in Anchorage. Both oh, men garbage over there. are with the uh, 4th Brigade combat team, and details are not released on what type of bear the men had shot or how far it had fallen. That's a freak accident. That is a very freak accident. How about this? And a horse actually walked into a bar last week. This is the second story I've had yep. of this type within a month. I just heard the wildest bear story. Uh, causing customers to run in and panic as uh, people calmly enjoy their beverages at the bar in Chantilly, north of Paris. Where was the last horse story? That one was in Ireland, I believe. Yeah, and that was a very... Uh, benevolent incident. Yeah, well, they were startled and forced to react quickly as a racehorse galloped into the building. A video captured by security camera shows the moment when the animal enters rapidly. What did the bartender say to the horse, Preston? Uh, first, you can see customers <laughs> frantically... Why long Something face? about his face. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. What but, the hey? Uh, but first, you can see customers frantically moving out of the way. Wow. And then the horse, with its saddle falling off, gallops through the pub before turning uh, to head back the other way. It's sort of bucking a bit, trying to get the... Um, the uh, saddle off of it, so its back legs are kicking out. Uh, Jean-Marie Beguin, the horse's uh, trainer, said that the animal had kicked off its rider before running off. It came from a race course stables located less than a mile away. I need away. a drink! Uh, however, uh, Beguin said, uh, still said that such an escape was unusual. The filly escaped by going out onto the road and crossing a roundabout before entering this bar, she said. And it's all quite exceptional. Uh, it's all so. quite. A, a witness said it's all quite exceptional. <laughs> yes, there's right? the difference, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Freaking horse came in here. <laughs> yeah. It's all rather exceptional. <laughs> it was crazy. It's crazy freaking yeah. horse nearly kicked my balls off. Yeah. Uh, a man has died after he was hit by a car while checking damage to a car after it hit a bear Sunday night in northern Minnesota. Two bears in one story. I'm telling you. According to the State Patrol, shortly after 8 p.m., two men were heading east and their car struck a bear. The passenger and the driver were checking damage to the car when another car struck the passenger. That's horrible. Uh, the passenger was identified as 61-year-old Vernon Monroe Owens. Uh, the driver, or He was the driver, but uh, another man was not hurt. Uh, the driver of the other car was not injured in the crash. Alcohol was not a factor in that crash. What about the bear? Yeah, another freak accident. I, no word on the bear. I'm feeling no pain. I guess not. And a 26-year-old man on Friday was arrested on charges of practicing dentistry without a license. Like Hermie. You hear about this every now and then, but this one's a little bit different. Investigators said Alan Turner had been making custom molds for dental grills at his home. Why is this such a fascinating... You've had many stories... About amateur dentists. Yeah. Why is that so fascinating well, for people? He, he didn't think he was doing dentistry work. He was just making grills. Just making grills. Just making grills. Oh, right. uh, Turner. I'm uh, just making grills. Said that he was unaware that what he was doing was illegal and that he considers himself more of a jeweler. Uh, he said a Florida Department of Health investigator and a police officer visited his home to order him to stop doing the work, and they and he obeyed them. I'll just stick with penile implants. Turner said, I see a lot of people doing it. I never figured that you needed a license for it. 
Uh, police said they discovered multiple drills, cutting tools, and other equipment at his home. He said, I think people make assumptions when things are just cosmetic in nature. That doesn't necessarily require licensing, or at least is what the police lieutenant said. Turner said that he was fined $1,000 and was arrested several weeks later once the state's attorney's office chose to file against him. Guess I have to close down my hysterectomy business. He said that business had been good thanks to Facebook. He said this is big in the hip-hop industry. Of course it is. He said he would uh, charge customers several hundred dollars apiece, but he's chosen to call it quits. He said, I don't want to do it no more, man. I don't want no parts of it. None at all. None at all, man. Spoken like a true dentist. Mm -hmm. True. uh, Turner was released from the county jail after paying his bail. (laughs) And one more story or wrap it up? Yeah, one more. If you have a story of a bear getting a grill. Oh, man. (laughs) Bear grills. I know. It's beautiful. Yes. All right, one last story. Uh, One homecoming queen election has taken the high road, but not in the way Michigan school officials want. A batch of brownies that was laced with marijuana at Hartford High School, and school officials believe that the chef was a cheerleader who was trading the snacks for homecoming queen votes. Well, she's going to win. Angel Avery, a parent of one of the students, said that she learned of the incident when her daughter sent her a text from the school. She said, Mom, so-and-so bought me medibles in school. A student is accused of baking 12 drug-laced brownies and slipping some in goodie bags for the football team. Uh, the superintendent released a statement Tuesday, said that the student, uh, the school district is investigating the incident. Would a pot brownie be more potent than a, like, just smoking pot? It just uh, takes longer. can be. Well, and, okay. and you don't know until you've eaten it all and you wait for an hour. Yeah. You uh, end but, up in the fetal position. But making them is not easy. It's not, you don't just take pot and put it in the brownie mix and cook it up. Oh, you don't? You, you, it's the oil, right? You got to make the butter. The the butter. And Wait, uh, you put the pot in the butter? Yeah, there's a, there's a way that you you it's basically like pot butter. I never you, knew that. Yeah, you infuse it, uh, and it's it's a very difficult process. I personally have never seen it done. I've never done it. I've never. But I thought you threw the little leaves in the brownies. And no, you ain't cook eating them. it. No, <laughs> eat so, the THC. All individuals are being dealt with according to uh, the district policies and student handbooks, according to an official with the uh, uh, the district. And there you go. That's what I have for you, the BFOP. All right, we're going to do lesson question. And today we are giving away a four-pack of tickets. Temple's taking on ECU on Saturday at noon, Lincoln Financial Field. And I haven't looked at these yet, so let me Oh, yeah, here you go. How, how much money should you get for crapping on a plate? <laughs> it's it's a, basically a given. <laughs> that, it's just the going rate. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know. What did you online. get for crapping on a plate? 215-263-WMMR. How much money should you get for crapping on a plate? <laughs> you had to have been listening to know the answer to that. 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. We're going to do the trash while you're calling it. The trash business is a goldmine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, it's brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Fuel up this fall at Dunkin' with $2 any size. Iced coffees from 2 to 6 p.m. Try any of Dunkin's delicious flavors like maple, pecan, or pumpkin. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. What's going on, Steve? Well, uh, they already lost a major cast member and replaced him. Now the set of Lethal Weapon getting rocked again by the news that Damon Wayans will be leaving the show in December. Regardless, Fox says it remains committed to the show, which will now have a different cast, different storyline, and won't be called Lethal Weapon. (laughs) Rapper Designer. Yes, Designer is his name. Got into a heated yelling match during a concert and tried to hit an audience member who called him a knockoff version of the rapper Future. 
Designer threatened bitch slapping after bitch slapping also showed up and joined in the fight. <laughs> oh my God. And finally, according to Caitlyn Jenner's girlfriend, Sophia Hutchins, the two have more of a mutual partnership than a romance. Hutchins says still, Caitlyn is a romantic at heart and will often go out and pick her a bouquet of trees. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see if you, uh, somebody listening. Heard this earlier this morning. Uh, how much money should you get for crapping on a plate? Uh, 215-263-WMMR. I had a caller up, but they I guess they chickened out, and they hung up, and I don't know who to go to now. Not a lot of people want to admit they know the going rate for crapping on a plate. That might be the reason that we're having a hard time getting somebody on, but I think we have a caller we can go to. It's Luna. Hello there, Luna. Hey, Durka, Durka, Durka. Durka, my man. So how much money should you get for crapping on a plate? Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Yeah. Oh, there's a man who knows this. Rate of exchange. Uh, the correct answer is going to get him a four pack of tickets as Temple Football battles ECU this Saturday at noon at Lincoln Financial Field, presented by Temple Health. Support Cancer Awareness Day and Audible for Autism Day at the game. Kids tickets are only ten dollars. You can visit owlsticks.com. Let's get into music news. Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, Music News this morning is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Ear Institute of Salis University, offering quality care for your hearing and balance needs. Uh, Their expert audiologists are here to help you hear your best. Sorry. Info at salisuhealth.com slash PEI. Foo Fighters' official Twitter account posted two cryptic tweets regarding this uh, upcoming weekend's Cam Jam Festival, uh, which is set to take place in San Bernardino, California. First, in a tweet announcing a screening of Joan Jett's new documentary, uh, they responded. Uh, excuse me. They responded by tweeting, "Can't wait. What else do we? What else could we have up our sleeves?" And a bunch of question marks and says, "Stay tuned." Hours later, uh, they shared footage from Nirvana's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after party set which took place following the band's induction in 2014. And that tweet included the caption, This is a jam, and it's and it said, Hashtag CalJam18. And it was retweeted by Nirvana's verified Twitter account. Now, what some are thinking that might mean... Cobain's coming back. No, Cobain is not coming back. But the living Nirvana members, oh, Dave Grohl yeah. and Pat Smear... Uh, will play or play together in the Foo Fighters, and Chris Novoselic's band is going to be there called Giants in the Trees. So maybe they will get together because in that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after party, Joan Jett sang with them. That's true. As they did Nirvana songs, and so did this guy from a band called Deer Tick. His name is John McCauley. And they're the ones that carry Lyme disease. And they're wondering if maybe all these guys are going to get back together and do a Nirvana tribute of some sort on stage. I was watching a a, a trailer for the new Joan Jett documentary. Have you seen that? No. It looks awesome. I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, they are planning to, they're possibly planning to recreate that performance at Cal Jam this weekend, and if they do, we will certainly let you know about it. Tom Morello of uh, is uh, releasing a new single in honor of Chris Cornell, with whom Morello played for five years and three studio albums in Audio Slave. The song called "Every Step That I Take" uh, features guest appearances from Portugal the Man and EDM artist uh, Weethan. Weethan. Mm. Weethans. Wheat Thins. No yeah. weapon. Uh, <laughs> the designer open. For yes, him. the designer open for Wheat Thins. All right, so Morello explained. Y'all yeah, know Triscuits. Uh, we're planning, I'm sorry, we're partnering with an organization called SAVE, which stands for Suicide Awareness Voices of Education. 
uh, focusing on suicide prevention, information, and depression awareness as well. With the passing of Chris over a year ago and the momentum towards removing the stigma from mental health issues and suicidal thoughts, it was very important to have a song, <clears throat> excuse me, from that point of view. He said, I've had mental illness issues in my family and among my friends in the past, and there's a current trend toward this demystification uh, to encourage people among your friends, loved ones, and professionals, there is help and there are ways. Every step that I take is about how the dreams and depression and love and the lack of it on the emotional steps of the gallows are pro- proceed. What? Huh? Process. Uh, what? Sorry. What is that? Okay. Huh? Suicide's bad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And there are people Thank here you. to help you. I think that's the That's the message. Uh, every step that I tape is featured on Morello's new solo album, The Atlas Underground, which arrives on October 12th. He's in town on Tuesday. He's at uh, World Cafe Live. And I think, Kathy, is Pierre going to interview him? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. All right. Uh, then we have uh, Green Day. He's been put on, uh, the band has been put on blast by Johnny Rotten. Uh, of course, formerly of Sex Pistols, uh, John Lydon is his real name. In a new interview with the New York Times, the punk rock legend said that it was embarrassing that bands inspired by Green Day are still wearing spiky haircuts and trying to keep 1978 alive. So, he, so Johnny Rotten was complaining about about bands like Green Day spiking their hair. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He said that uh, he elaborated by saying, "How many bands are out there like Green Day now?" I look at them, and I just have to laugh. They're coat hangers, you know? (laughs) He never holds back. A turgid version of something that doesn't actually belong to them. Uh, He went on to call modern punk rock a caricature of itself and a perfect backdrop to sell a pair of sneakers. Wow. But he's always been saying stuff like that. Always. I'm sure to him he thinks uh, calling someone a band a turgid version of uh, of, uh, their their band is a a compliment. Yeah, probably. All right, and then one last thing. Paul McCartney posted a message on social media saluting his and the Beatles' longtime engineer, uh, Jeff Emmerich, who died on October 2nd of a heart attack at the age of 72. Uh, McCartney first met Emmerich in 1962, began working with him four years later when Emmerich became the Beatles' primary engineer, starting on the sessions for what became the band's groundbreaking Revolver album. Paul posted on his Facebook page, woke up this morning to sad news of Jeff Emmerich's passing. He was a great engineer and friend. And even though the Beatles had many great engineers over the years, Jeff was the one. Do we, uh, do we have the audio clip of him, Preston? I think we had it. It was from yesterday. It's him talking about being presented with the challenge of doing Sgt. Pepper's. Okay. I'll yeah, finish this yeah. quote first. He was smart, fun-loving, and the genius behind many of the great sounds on our records. I worked with him after the Beatles, and it was always fun, and the sound he managed to conjure up. The sounds he managed to conjure up were always special. Having seen him earlier this year, uh, when he came around to our studio, I'm shocked and saddened to have lost such a special friend. God bless you, Jeffrey. Love, Paul. Uh, Yoko Ono also tweeted, I'm so shocked that uh, Jeff Emmerich is no longer with us. He was the best engineer. Not only was he the best engineer, he was very, very kind. Love, Yoko. And Julian Lennon also uh, tweeted out, R.I.P. Jeff, one of a kind. So it was much love. And these, and you know, and with these these artists and with uh, the band at that time and with uh, George Martin, these guys were not only creating the sound, they were creating the ways to create the sound. Right, exactly. They had to, they had to just make stuff up. Yes. And run Improvise. with it. Improvise. And these engineers were, were basically pulling rabbits out of their proverbial hat and, and or their asses whatever works for you well t- here's an example so paperback writer yes uh which if you'll notice the uh the baseline in that kind of leads the song yes and it had such an upfront presence to it apparently uh it was the first to prominently feature uh paul's rickenbacker bass as lead instrument and jeff had said that he 
had, uh, he believed that by miking McCartney's bass with a loudspeaker, he could break new ground on how a bass sounded on the radio because you can actually use, you can use a speaker as a microphone, yes. believe it or not. Uh, so he said, my, my theory was that if a loudspeaker can push a bass out, then a loudspeaker can take it back in. And I used that loudspeaker as a moving core microphone, and that's exactly what I did. And it did have a certain roundness. And fullness to it, and you'll hear it in the recording because it stood out at the time. Yeah, so it sounds great. So they were breaking uh, uh, breaking things like that. Uh, we don't have that case? No. Okay. Um, we don't have that clip. No. Sorry. I have something that's just as good. Okay. Good housekeeping. There oh, we go. Yeah. yeah, that's perfect. All right, and there you go. That's your music news this morning. All right. We have another thing to get to. Wow. Uh, this morning, yeah. Can the show possibly get any more entertaining? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, tomorrow is College Radio Day. Yes. It's a special uh, acknowledgement of those who work in college radio or who have worked in college radio. And there's a special event that is taking place at WHIP. And we have here in our studio one of our interns who is involved. This is Allison Salmon. Yeah. Hey, guys. How you doing, Allison? Hey, uh, so, all right. So, WHIP, tell us about that first. So, WHIP is Temple's uh, college station. Uh, It's completely student-run. We have over 80 hours of live programming each week, and it's a variety of programming. We have, like, music, news, sports, and entertainment, so... We get a lot of interns from Temple yeah. who are, are yep. working in the station, and and uh, and it's... Uh, listen, the, the, the guys who come from Temple are interns that, that are generated out of that program are excellent, so... Uh, and, and you... How long have you been a part of it? So, I've... Since my first week of freshman year, I'm now a senior. I started as an on-air... Um, You're the GM now. Now I'm the general manager, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I kind of climbed my way up. I was the music director for a little, then the program director, and now I'm a general manager. So. Yeah. 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 And that's where the big bucks yeah. start rolling in. Yeah. <laughs> Allison has actually uh, taken over our social media for the day, uh, right? So you've been doing yeah. your Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Posting some stories. All right, so you guys have some special programming plan? Yes. Yeah, so uh, College Radio Day is basically just a celebration of college radio. It's tried It's trying to encourage uh people to listen that wouldn't normally so the idea is to kind of have an event that people are inclined to tune in for so we are having a tapeathon, uh which is 24 hours of analog tape we're shutting down our computers and we're going back to analog tape we have uh thanks to our engineer uh we have a eight track we have a cassette player we have um a reel to reel so we are do you have a cart cart machine. machines? I uh, see. I'm not. Uh, if I had my engineer here, he'll probably <laughs> right, we'll try to pull it. Explain, Preston. Well, yeah. yeah. So uh, a cart machine is it was the standard in radio for ages. It came after vinyl, and uh, songs were played on cart. It looks like an eight track tape. It basically it's, the same thing. It's an endless loop. Yeah, yeah and yeah, you pop it in. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what you guys. Pro- are using. Yeah, probably. So does it have a slot in the front? You slam it in, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're doing carts. That's cool. That's uh, that speaks to us. No question. There would be. There would honestly be in the studio. And, and you know this, there'd be spinning racks of yep. carts, or Hundreds. they'd be in, in a whole wall of them. And uh, and not only would the, the carts hold the musical elements, they would include the imaging elements and the commercials oh, and all yeah. that stuff. Yes. I have a cart in uh, back in the office. I know where it is. You okay. know where it is? Yeah, bring it in here. Because uh, that was uh, that was our standard. That was it. And, and we had we had I, them stacked all over the place. And whenever I was doing, and at that point I was doing production and comedy stuff, I'd put them on carts. So you'd have to tip the cue tones and make mm-hmm. sure it ended properly, and then we'd trip the the cart after that. Well before computers. Yeah, we would use we would use reel to reel as well uh, for some. So you guys have all that. So. Yeah, twenty four hours. We'll have a live host the whole time. When does it start? 
It starts midnight tonight. Yeah. So awesome. and then it will last till Saturday at midnight. And are you you're doing a shift? That's an old cart. You see that? Oh yeah. Okay. So yep. what it looks like? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. There you go. All right. Perfect. Um, I will not be doing a shift because I've work. Um, unfortunately, but we have a lot of great hosts going into it. And another cool thing is, um, if you sign up, you can play something from your own library. We have a library, and um, on top of that. If you're signed up, you get a blank cassette tape, and you get to create your own, like, mixtape. Ah, very play. nice. So, That's yeah, nice. it's going to be a really cool thing. A lot of variety. Um, and we hosted a vinyl-thon in the past, which was really successful. So, cool. we're up in the same. All right, so what time does this start? So, midnight. Uh, I guess tonight. that would be, yeah, tonight. Okay. But it'll go till, yeah, Saturday midnight. All right, what what is your... How do people listen to WHIP? So uh, we're streaming only. Okay. You can find us on iHeartRadio app. You can find us on Radio FX and also tune in. Okay. okay. So there you go. And, and Preston, you're you're a big aficionado of college radio. I love I love it. Yeah. I didn't do it myself. Uh, Would have been kind of cool, but I, I I didn't go to college. Uh, so, but I went to a broadcasting school, so I got to play radio quite a bit, but to actually be on broadcast radio in school is, that's cool, man. I got in trouble many times on my college radio station. Did you really? Putting content up, because it would play, uh, now the deal was, they would play through, uh, the radio would play in this school, uh, through like a closed system, and then it would play out over the local cable system, so there was an actual channel you could listen to. And uh, I thought that was pretty wild. So I, I would do things that uh, they didn't uh, appreciate now and then. But it was all good. Yeah, so do you, do you have to crack the whip on some of the students sometimes? Uh, so we don't have to follow FCC regulations, uh, yeah. but we do. We're, we consider ourselves a pretty professional station. It's probably a good habit to get into <laughs> yeah, if that's you the want thing. to get We're into this. We're trying to instill people yeah. with the kind of mindset that you're. if you want to do this, this is the industry you're going to be going into. So you might as well start following that now. Yeah, but you can ask how much does it cost to crap on a plate. <laughs> exactly. That's, we can, that's within the bounds of our proper FCC rules. So what's your plan for the long term here? Um, I want to. I moved to L.A. a couple summers ago and interned out there, and I, I want to get back to L.A. and just work in the music industry. And I mean, I love radio, and I would love to continue doing radio, too. I mean, Where did you really, intern in L.A.? Uh, I was called Velvet Hammer Music Management Company. We actually manage a lot of bands that we play here, like Alice in Chains. Oh. I helped plan, like, some tours. I... Got to hold Jerry Cantrell's guitar. Very nice. nice. Yeah. And I actually searched for a kilt for uh, the Jonathan Davis from Korn. Uh, he wanted a custom-made kilt. That's cool. I probably spent half the summer trying, like, running around Hollywood trying to create this. To kilt. get a custom-made kilt? Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Well, I did had you get a lot it? Of fun, did you get it done? I, oh, I got it done, yeah. Nice. <laughs> You've got the passion. That's awesome. You probably awesome. wore it on tour. I actually, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Your job was accomplished, though. That's all you need to know. That, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It's a nice little tribute you guys are doing. Yeah, and one more thing about that. Uh, we're actually also fundraising for CHOP. So uh, the link to that, it's up on the Instagram story right now, and it'll be posted on the site later, I believe. But it's WHIP Radio. To you dot com slash donate. Uh, we're f- just fundraising for the child life department there. It helps provide media programs and creative arts kind of things for the children over at Chop. So and they have a radio. They have their own yeah. little radio setup over there that uh, Ryan Seacrest yeah. uh, instrumental in getting. So yeah, very cool. so it'll help fund that. So nice. another thing we're doing. All right, excellent. Good luck with that. And thanks, Thank Allison. You. Appreciate it. Let's thanks, hear from Allison Yay! Sam, one of our finest here on the President's Steve Show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Letter Day, Word of the Week prize beer should be in. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Social. Hey, welcome in. Or antisocial. Hey, get out! Join your MMR pals on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Groovy photos, videos, and social commentary. Plus, we find them the perfect place to waste time during the company meetings. Hashtag MMR rocks. 
I, am I giving this away now? You have to do it really? today. I, mm-hmm. I didn't. Okay. Uh, this just in. Breaking news. Yeah, we have breaking news. Breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, MMR's 50-day march to Metallica, and I have a chance to put it in right now. Load and reload on CD, and you'll be qualified for the grand prize meet and greet custom Metallica Orion 65 tailgate cooler. I'll take wow. caller number 25 at 215-263-WMMR, because that show is going to be on the 25th. You need to check out the complete list of prizes and giveaways that we have scheduled at WMMR. It's MMR's 50th finale with Metallica. Wells Fargo Center, like I said, on the 25th. Some tickets remain at Ticketmaster.com. So let's get that winner now, and we'll take care of you with all that good stuff. So uh, what else is I going to say? I guess I should thank our... Oh, yeah, you want to hit an appearance, Nick? Yeah, I'm out tonight. Uh, I am at... Uh, Northeast Philly, the, the Union Tab, it's right off the boulevard. It's uh, 2711 Comley Boulevard. We're there from 7-Eleven. We got an autographed helmet from Chris Long, uh, who has been uh, mentioned several times. 7-Eleven? Did I say 7-Eleven? Yeah, I yeah. meant 7-9, okay. sorry. 7-9, uh, and then we're going to have Eagles tickets uh, for the Panthers game, which is coming up in a few weeks. So uh, stop by, uh, have some Bud Light, $250 drafts, and $250? $2.50 drafts. <laughs> you get the point. Listen, $50 drafts? I've been doing that all day. Yeah, so 7-9, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about uh, all things football. All right, nice. And then Marissa's got an appearance on the other side <laughs> of the area in King of Prussia, Marissa, if you want to get the details on that. I am. It's uh, King of Prussia's Beer Fest Royale. Um, I went a few years ago. I'm so excited to go back. There are hundreds of craft beers to try tonight. Um, and then I think they're giving away free cigars in the Cigar Lounge. Wow. And um, just come and hang out. And there's food trucks. Um, we had some of those restaurants in last week that were hanging out. Um, it's a really great time. I think I'm bringing some friends and taking an Uber over from the city. So it's going to be a great time. And they also do transportation. If you take the train. Um, Allison, hang on for one second. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. I want to like hear it? her telling everybody they didn't win the contest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're calling number seven. Sorry, you're calling number eight. Sorry, you're calling number nine. If you guys ever thought that we didn't count. We That's really ex- do we count through yes. all the phones. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, if you take the train to uh, any of the train stations, they're doing buses back and forth, too. So there's plenty of ways to get out oh, there. Awesome. Um, come and hang out with me. Um, King of Prussia Beer Fest Royale. I'll be there at 5.30 tonight. All right, cool. Let me do a moment, uh, take a moment to thank the guests. Who, there have been plenty on today. Guy Fieri! Yay! Uh, who is in town. He was uh, talking about Guy Fieri's uh, kitchen and bar at Harris, Philadelphia. Steve, you're right. The burger that he had sent over here is fan freaking tasty. I wish he had not sent them over. I ate the whole thing. Well, I'm doing it in pieces, and this will convince me that I haven't eaten a whole burger. I tried to do that, too. Yeah. I started with half, Yeah, and then I ate a quarter piece of the other half, and I just finished it all off. Yeah. Uh, it's thanks, excellent. Thanks to Guy. He's a great guy. Also, thank you to Tim Dillon. Yeah. Helium Comedy Club tonight and through the weekend, heliumcomedy.com. It was great to have Ike Barinholtz here as well. His movie, The Oath, will be in theaters on the 19th, so check that out. Steve saying it's a great movie. Yep. Uh, and uh, we had Moshi Kasher on the program. Yeah. Too. Or Moshe Kasher. Uh, and he was really cool. And he'll Motion be capture. At, uh, he'll be at Punchline Philly tonight. And thank you to intern Allison, who we just spoke to a moment ago about uh, uh, official college radio day. Uh, so, Pierre Robert is here. Hey, man. Good day. Good to see you. Um, before, uh, I, I mentioned this last week uh, a couple times. A.D. Amorosi did the article on our, uh, our uh, alumni birthday party. And it was posted in a variety of places. It was in the Daily News, and it was in the Inquirer, and it was online at uh, philly.com. And um, each different posting had 
different pictures of it. And in one of them, I, I had um, I was telling the story of MMR, and I had this button uh, shirt, and I said, uh, you know, in the beginning there was, yeah. And then Metro Media said, "Let there be rock." And I un I unbuttoned my you ripped shirt. your shirt open. I ripped my shirt. Yeah, yeah, however you say it, I yeah. ripped my shirt open to see to find an old MMR T shirt uh, that I can still fit in these days from 1982. And um, so some photographer, Ed Newton, apparently is a photographer, um, caught that moment when I was ripping open the shirt and a slight grimace comes across my face. And somebody in true DJ Snide fashion wrote next to it in a caption, Hulk smash. (laughs) I love it. It's just cute. Um, So I'll put a picture of that up. Um, (laughs) I just wanted to share that. All right. Hulk smash. Hey, uh, we should do the letter of the day. And then we're going to have to get our special word at 11 a.m. here in just a moment. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, already yeah, time yeah. for birthday Well, we can ramble right up to there easy. All right. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> yeah, I think. All right. Let's do that. Preston <laughs> and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. Hey, bring me that word. <laughs> um, oh, I know what it is. Why? It's yes, why. why it is. Uh, the word is why. The letter as is in, why. Uh, yippee-i-o-ki-a, or you- yellow, or yeah, yeah, yeah. All those things. All those things. Start with why. Why. And we're going to give away a trip or two to attend an exclusive party on set of The Walking Dead in Atlanta. That includes two nights hotel, airfare, and from Philly to Atlanta. Ground transportation in Atlanta. The Dead Prize back and tickets to party with the undead. TV's number one show, The Walking Dead Returns, for Rick Grimes' final episodes this oh, Sunday, yeah, October 7th at 9, 8 central, only on AMC. And it must be at least 18 years of age to enter. We will give that away tomorrow. Uh, so let's find out what you have in store, and then we'll get to that uh, special word for the money. We have uh, tickets for the Struts. And again, uh, you'll be able to meet and greet the band. Go to the sound check, hear a few songs from the new album. Album, and that's all at the TLA. And get tickets for the show Saturday night, where I will be, and uh, Jackie and I are hosting that meet and greet. I have tickets for Bush tonight, uh, and we'll do a giant workforce block. Bush uh, with Gavin Rossdale and company, longtime friends of the station. Yes, incredible show. Always, uh, I mean, he. There's never a time I've seen him uh, and them when he doesn't jump out into the audience. The first was at a Y100 show years ago, or yeah, Y100 show, and he ran out into the audience at the. Uh, uh, center, and by the time he got back to the stage, his shirt had been ripped open. Wow. Uh-huh. His pants had holes in them. People were grabbing onto his Levi's. Um, but he always runs out into the audience, and it's just such a great show. Uh, some tickets remain at Ticketmaster.com. Highly encourage you to check it out. Another MMR 50th anniversary concert event. That's tonight at the old electric factory, now called North 7th or something like that. But uh, you know where it is, and yeah. come out there. Alright, and then we'll have Workforce Blocks, as I said, of Bush uh, for Stevie Ray Vaughan's birthday yesterday. We'll get an SRV block on and ACDC in honor of Brian Johnson's birthday tomorrow. Excellent. All right. It is, you know what? It's 11 o'clock. So we can do this. Let's do that, man. MMR's birthday birthday box. Take it away, Pierre. I thank you, Preston. It is time to win a thousand bucks. Birthday bucks, part two. Our word is winner. W I N N E R. Don't be a loser, be a winner. You have till 15 after. I always try to come up with some use that's, of the word. That's perfect. Yeah. We're all winners. <laughs> no, it's not winners. It's winner. W-I-N-N-E-R. You have till 11.15 to enter via our MMR mobile app. <laughs> you know how easy I can crash the car? Yeah, it's easy. On a regular basis. Or at WMMR.com. 
And great thanks to Sprouts Farmers Market and all of us at 93.3 WMMR in Philadelphia. Winner is the word. All right. Good luck to you. I got to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show has been brought to you by today by Dunkin' Donuts, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. The Preston and Steve Show runs on Dunkin'. Also brought to you by Acme, the official supermarket of the Preston and Steve Show and the Pennsylvania Ear Institute of Salus University. Tomorrow, we round out the week with some good stuff. We are going to have live music in the studio from the band Glorious Sons. Love that. Yeah, Very they're going to cool. be doing a, an acoustic performance here, and we look forward to that. And so, our friends from the Phils, their uh, their season's over, but Reese Hoskins and Andrew Knapp are going to be stopping by tomorrow. That's tomorrow. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Those things and more, that is it. We are done. So, rage on and have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow, my friend. Bye-bye. Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Line. Shout out to my mechanic for fixing my exhaust. Decent price, but uh, don't smoke in my car next time. Smell like a ashtray in here. Next message: Chicken fried chicken, and I can buy that, and it's like auto pay. I'm in. Woo-hoo. Next message. So I'm stuck behind a school bus right now, which, which is cool. Gotta pick up the kids. I got it. Gotta be safe. But all four kids. Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.